And then when they messed up the first time, I had a little rethink and came up with my version 2.0 plan, which is when I came to see you. You see, get my 20 mils off Michael first, and then, after the event, <laughs> get paid again, double bubble. Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. That's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country are you from? What? what? ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? Friendo. Welcome. To Cinemigos, the podcast where each week one of us will introduce the others to a film they have not seen in order to expand our cinematic horizons. I'm your host, Kinetic Onslaught, your boy Johnny, and uh, today we'll be discussing my pick. It is The Gentleman uh, from 2019. I got my two boys here with me. Uh, Bird, how you doing today? Here's Johnny. What's up, bro? <laughs> what up with it? What up? Uh, real excited to get into this. You know, I also had to bring along the old cinematic archaeologist with me, Rob Robert. Sound off for the for the fans. What's going on, gentlemen? See what I did there, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a play on words, Kanye. Mm. Uh, how you guys doing? How the week been? Man, it's been good. I, I'm really. I got real excited when this film when uh, you brought this film up. I had never seen it, never heard of it. I didn't realize it was a Guy Ritchie film. And this film just knocked me on my ass, dude. It was awesome. It, it's uh, what I remember of what I loved about Guy Ritchie. And yeah, it's, overall, it's been a great week, man. Just been watching some great movies, and uh, including this one. Fuck yeah. What about you, Berg? How are your week, man? Not bad, not bad. Did some podcasting. Uh, podcasted uh, some true romance with another show, friend of the show, uh, Cinema Slab. Hey! And, uh, yeah, uh, you know. Just I uh, got the rest of my weekend ahead of me, actually, because uh, technically today's my my Friday. So, oh, Hell. fucking hey, good for you, dude. But yeah, well, uh, I'm excited to get into this. Like I said, uh, this was my pick. I picked this movie because uh, I had seen Lock, Stock, and Snatch, both obviously amazing films. And uh, once I saw the trailer for this, I was like, yeah, that's uh, gonna gonna need to go see that. And this was right in the thralls of COVID, so. Uh, this was like right when uh, theater started opening back up. I believe this was one mm. of the first movies that I had gone back to the theater uh, to see. There's two experiences from the movies that I remember distinctly post-COVID. And that was uh, The Last Bond, The Last Daniel Craig Bond, and this movie, The Gentleman. Uh, I just wasn't exp I wasn't ready to go in there and just get my socks knocked off and have the time of my life. You know what I mean? Laughing it up. Yeah. And uh, my wife said me. Well, you had a better first experience back from COVID than I did. I watched Black Widow. That was that was semi disappointing. But my wife wanted to see that one. I would have much rather seen this. Shit. I didn't pay <laughs> you for a Marvel guy. You're a Marvel guy. I didn't like Black one. Widow. Well, I mean, I am a Marvel guy. I mean, it's I mean, not like blow your socks off, but it was. I thought it was an enjoyable film. Especially was that post COVID or that was yeah yeah. I was saying I was. I feel like that movie should have come out somewhat like. Oh yeah, it should have. It should have come out earlier. Yeah, it just it felt like it's kind of like the Simpsons movie. I to think me. the movie itself was still pretty solid, but but the timing that it came out, you already knew what happens to this character at that point. So it's yeah, like, it was just like kind of like yeah. the Simpsons movie. It's like it just you you miss 
you, you miss your your opportunity for like, yeah the window, but, but it wasn't great. The window like, of opportunity. Such uh, a- well, if you guys haven't seen this film, why don't you go ahead and uh, go see it before you assholes listen to the rest of this? Uh, I haven't seen it. Well, I did. I watched asshole. it for the show, obviously. We've got a podcast, so Hydrobert can go watch it real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I think the uh, I think the the real cool part about this is the narration of the story. Like that's one of the aspects of the movie I think that I really enjoyed because you kind of get that uh, right off the rip, right in the opening. You get introduced to the two guys who are going to be, you know, part of the part of the focal point and uh, Charlie Hunnam with Ray, and we got Hugh Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant is Fletcher. Uh, yeah, we get we get McConaughey's narration over the beginning too about what the king is and everything. Uh, real quick though, pause because you gotta do the synopsis. Oh yes, yes, thank you. So an American expat tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. Just an average Sunday for yep. yeah, just another like, day in the books. Yeah. Now the bones, the bones on this movie are a little too fresh for the cinematic archaeologists. You know, there's not a whole lot. Out yeah, there. you can't dust it's, them off that good. But uh, but I do have a couple things that I, I I wanted to say. Like, so initially this movie was it was not supposed to be a movie. It was going to be a TV show, oh. but uh, producers convinced Guy Ritchie to make this into a film, uh, which is where we get the gentleman. Which and I think it's a great movie. Um, and. Overall, this is my own personal opinion on, on the film, too, is like I feel like this guy, Richie, kind of went away from what made him famous. You know, we, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Rock and Rolla. Those are the films that most people really remember him from and what made him, you know, the household name that he is. Yeah. And I think and so this film was kind of like him going back to his roots, kind of because he'd had kind of a few films that kind of just fell through the cracks that nobody really talks about anymore which they're not bad films but they were not very successful from what i from what i remember he also had some films that people don't remember that maybe that he even did like you mentioned earlier the sherlock holmes movies uh before Mm -hmm. we were recording and i forgot that that was even his his work so this is more mainstream yeah these are all films that i liked but uh like nobody remembers that he did the sherlock holmes films Mm -hmm. uh downey jr jude law uh, and actually, another character that's in this film, he is the police captain in the Sherlock Holmes series, uh, mm. The Man from Uncle, which is a brilliant movie, but it did not do very well in the theaters. Uh, he also did that King Arthur movie uh, with Charlie Hunnam, who is also in this film. And like I said, those films, nobody really talks about those films. Everyone talks about Lock, Stock, Snatch, Rock and Rolla. Uh, I heard and- that King Arthur movie was treated to dash. <laughs> it, I, I was kind of check it out but i uh, <laughs> uh the other thing i was i was going to get your guys's thoughts on about guy Ritchie, um when it, especially when it comes to his gangster films not his other films but to me he seems a little bit like the british version of tarantino Martin tarantino yeah I go, you i go more tarantino than scorsese but i can see the scorsese as well yeah i just I, I think of the the clever dialogue and which is more and kind of like the yeah, I would say the kinetic more- nature of his scenes and the dialogue reminds me more of a Tarantino film than his like Guy Ritchie's things because they're English. They tend to be fast paced. The dialogue's pi- like piffy. It's quick and like witty. Yeah, witty and um, 
just I don't know the, the way the scenes play out with those ca- and his movies always have a variation of a diversity of different characters that play out through the film. You know what I mean? It's always a diverse cast and it's much like, you know, like a Tarantino film, like a Reservoir Dogs or something like that. Like Lockstock is sort of like his Reservoir Dogs. Right. Totally. And then like obviously Snatch is like his Pulp Fiction in a, in a way. Yeah. So there's similarities definitely there to be made. Uh, I think the dialogue in this, like you said, it's a callback to classic Guy Ritchie, which is the Guy Ritchie that I know and love. Um, He's a great filmmaker, even if I don't follow him as much as I used to. Um, I think this movie definitely demonstrates that, like, there's a lot of different diverse characters. They all have different personalities and there's different dialogue written for both of them. And for the most part, most of it is pretty on the nose, like, you know, on point. So... I did. I did enjoy that aspect of the film. Yeah, that's one. That's one of my favorite things is the is the the dialogue in the scenes, the the snappy back and forth retorts. Mm-hmm. That, like that's you know you, oh. you you get the other stuff on top of it that you know makes it a a, a fun film. But like that's really what what speaks to me. But uh, yeah, we uh, was it that initial like start of the movie. This and because like right away this movie captured me from like second one. Yeah, you got. We obviously we have Matthew McConaughey. He go, walks into that bar. Oh okay. God, I, I don't. Have you guys had pickled eggs before? No, no that's not. And I went, yeah, that is that an English thing? Stuff. That that is an English thing, but yeah, it might look bad. But I know that sometimes uh, layering like different flavors is a thing, and you can't co- quite understand what something tastes like till you've experienced like that. I I have had a pint and a pickled egg. Yeah. And I will never be eating a pickled egg. Ever Are you again. meant to like bite into said pickled egg and then start drinking the pint? You know, that's a good question. I never. Okay. I bet there's exactly the uh, how you're supposed you go, to go, man. You didn't know the motion in the ocean. You weren't. Or do I dump you executed the... it wrong, dude? Yeah. You weren't swimming properly, bro. Come on. Yeah. So it's... we get uh, we get them in there. He gets the phone call that's obviously, you know, a little foreshadowing of what's going to happen later. We get to, uh, a bit of a suspense and then we get the flash. Uh, and that's when we, we cut over to the. Uh... Well, real quick, I got I got to Apparently the Cumberland, uh, Cumberland Gap is it's a devil of a gap. Yeah, dude, that opener. we get that theme music that plays, which is pretty cool over that scene. I actually, it is, yeah, because like, we go back to it later, too, as well as that scene. So. But the Cumberland Gap is a devil of a gap. I never heard that song, but I was like, this is a catchy tune. I like it. It was catchy as shit. Yeah. And it <laughs> fades into that opening of all the, our characters because there's so many characters in this movie. It shows them all off in smoke, like weed smoke. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. About the bush and the weed, the sticky bush. So I was like, this is a cool opening. I like yeah. the, the rhythm of it. Like, and it's a, like you said, there, there's a moment of just like intrigue right off the bat. We're like, oh, what? We all think probably. Going in, like, there's no way he's dead, right? Like, something else must have happened. Yeah, like, yeah. Thought, but who knows? You know, maybe he is dead. Right. Telling this, this, this movie's being told like posthumous or whatever, however you say it. Um, Posthumously. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but no, I would say I like the, uh, like that James Bond slash yes. Mission Impossible style opener that this movie kind of, I was like, damn, this, it, it, like, it caught me right away. I did. I dug it. And then that, that, that's Hugh. I think Hugh Grant is probably my favorite character in the movie. Like oh, that's an, okay. I, that's an interesting because I surprise me that uh I love so my favorite character is Ray. Okay, I love Ray. Ray is awesome. I uh, Charlie Charlie Hunnam is freaking awesome in this role. I know that his costume like they wanted to make him more of like a Tom Hagen from Godfather type of a conciliary. Like he's very 
The calm, a posh. The yeah, a little bit posh. The glasses were a last minute addition. That was uh, Charlie Hunnam's idea. He's like, ah, the costume needs something, and he just picked. Beard up. was looking. Was yeah, the beard tight. was on point. Yeah, his beard was looking tight. Dude, I, I like. Mean, I like him as an actor, and I like his character a little bit. But there were moments. I'll be honest. I have some critiques, and we can get to them later. But there's some of the best moments in this movie are when Hugh Grant and him are interacting, and some of the worst moments in this movie are also when they're interacting. Really? My opinion, yeah. There's yeah, some I, weird... Hugh Grant is just fucking still. He surprised shit. me when he comes uh, out of the shadows and he yeah. has that like Cockney accent. I like that. I was like, I yeah. like this for Hugh Grant. This is a cool vibe for him. He's playing like a a swarmy sort of dude. Like he normally he plays like a gentlemanly sort of guy or or a guy that's like maybe not you know he's rough around the edges, but there's right, something right. to him. This guy um, just being sort of like a prick. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, play a fucking game with me, Ray. Yeah, I like that bit of seriousness, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna ask you again, Ray. Play, play yeah. a fucking game with me, please. Yeah, I love I like that. So, since we're talking, since we're talking about Fletcher, is Fletcher like sexually attracted to Ray? That's, I don't know. Yeah, I, that was my take for sure. He was. I wasn't sure if Ray's like maybe there's a maybe one of them are homosexual. Or they both are, or I wasn't sure if I, it was just like two. You know, because some guys, straight guys, will just fuck with each other too, like that. So. I wasn't sure if it was just like a straight guy thing or if there was actually a moment of like we're supposed to recognize that one of them was like uh, homosexual. I don't know. I, My I, read was I that. Fletcher for sure is Fletcher wants that yeah. ass bad. And Ray is like, and he thinks Ray is. I could see Ray. Be, I mean, Ray's really well put together. He's like, you know, got style. He's got he's got a lot of the callings of what you might see a gay man have. You know what I mean? Which like, is why I think Fletcher and... is putting it on him because that's Fletcher's read. And Ray's like, no, doc, I told you no, bro. Yeah, he did. He said it. He he's like he was a gentlemanly host in a way, you know, no yeah. pun intended, but he was for the most part until we see later on. There's some spin on what was really going on there. But you see the I do like that whole like, uh, you know, I'm in your house. I had a drink. I'm drinking some of your expensive bourbon. And it's like, all right, I'll find I'll sit down and listen to you. Like there's that moment of like, am I going to do it or not? And then the kettle goes off. Yeah. He's like, All right. I got to go get my tea. Yeah. I'll fucking sit down and we'll we'll, you know. We'll talk. Dude, this is his narration. It's a it's a different type of narration that we're not we don't normally get in movies. So I, I kind of dig that. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm under so hope maybe you guys now me understand this because this is where I was maybe a little confused, but maybe I got it. I don't know. The uh, so Fletcher is re- technically Fletcher is really our narrator for this film because yeah. essentially like telling the story of what happened. Through this screenplay that he wrote, he's trying to like you know turn this story into a movie, right? Is that what what, what I'm getting? Sort of, yeah, yeah. That was, and, that's and he's also kind of like he's not the one that initiated these sets of events to kind of fuck over our uh, main character of Mickey Pearson. No, he was there to document them, though. But he was gonna. He's kind of like a little. He's a parasite in a little way because he's trying to manipulate everything. Oh, for sure. Him double bubble. The double. double bubble, yeah. So I do. I really love his bit of acting, though, as this character. I think it's really good. I think this is a really like if he were like, "What's one of your favorite huge roles?" Like this would be. I'll put this oh, up like, at the top of the fucking list because all the other ones are similar and they're fine. You know, I'm sure they're good, but yeah, I like this one because it stands out different. You know, it goes against the grain sort of for him, and but it's still charming, and yeah. his his inflection, the way he speaks, is um, interesting. Like you said, the double bubble. Yeah, double. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> sure. he speaks. I love a good Bobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I do love that little bit of him, like the back and forth between him and Ray and um, his like little speech about cinema was interesting. And we get to see Dude, like yeah. cinematic journey yeah. that film sort of taken a little bit. There's like some yep. little things here and there where we Guy Ritchie goes outside the, you know, the fourth wall sort of and does like these little overlays and shit yep. to I reflect mean, what the guy's talking about. Film. He knows what he knows what looks good. Yeah, I was laughing at that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He says cinematic journey too, and I just uh, I, I I had a call back to our podcast. I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. He goes right there. He should have <laughs> said cinematic horizons. But yeah, I just did love that little bit in the very beginning, and I thought there's some some cool uh, film techniques put to use there, where I was starting to think like, yeah, Richie's doing his thing again. I like it. Yeah, I thought he spazzed out on this for sure. Uh, he tells the come up of Michael Pearson and like, yeah, exactly that whole speech, like the legend of him. Yeah, yeah like. The jungle, the you know, the the trailer, the trailer trash white boy from and then America. We see him selling becomes, weed as like a college kid. Yeah, gets 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 invited to come over to uh, you know, upper upper class fucking British area, and it's you know, and then he realizes, oh shit, no, I'm a I'm a drug dealer, and uh, I have all of the fucking proper things to be a damn good drug dealer. Yeah, uh, and he's he got just, the knowledge of, of of producing as well as then you know, selling. Right. Yeah. Right. That was, uh, like I said, that story was really interesting. So we, we kind of within a quick, like little, you know, five minute segment, we get the whole background that we need to know about Mickey Pearson, like, you know, the, where he came from and like kind of where, where we're going to like meet this character. We see that he's tough as nails when it, when it, when it, you know, when it matters. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, he came up, how he took, uh, you know, he took his spot. Because I was watching, I was watching a um, like I said, the bones of this movie are still fresh. But I, I did get a chance to listen to a bunch of interviews with the cast and crew of, of the film. And Matthew McConaughey, who is our Mickey Pearson, he talked about. Uh, there's a scene that him and a uh, uh, character we'll talk about here in a second uh, about how Mickey is more of a guy that he, it's not, he's not, he doesn't build up to a bunch of anger. No, it's like. He's very calm until he's not calm. And he like will he can strike yeah. and like go to like from one to a hundred very quickly and back to zero, you know, like after it's over. You know, he, he's back to being calm. And that's kind of like what we get the the beginnings of that. Like he he doesn't mind when he needs to fuck people up, he's going to. But you know, uh, but he's also knows how to uh, he's calculated. Maneuver. Uh, with these uh, very high class individuals because he's dealt with them. Yeah, in- and he doesn't strike out with his like emotions off the bat. Like they don't right. get the best of him for the most part. Like we see his setup, like when he goes into like what his setup looks like and he's shopping it around to because he wants the premise is that he wants to sell his setup, his his grower setup and his like, you know, his customer list and everything else, whatever else that, yeah. and that entails. He wants to sell all that basically for a profit so he can kind of retire. And not even like a crazy profit, right? He's just he's he's just worried about getting out of the game. That's his whole yeah. big thing. Because he's yeah, yeah. he's he's the he's the he's the main character who has this whole empire set up, and he knows that weed is going legal, and he knows that it's probably going to be hard to 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 maintain where he's at, what he's doing, with the type of background that he has. Because mm-hmm. once government gets its hooks in it, there's going to be background checks and all these kinds of different things. And so he's like, cool, I'm just I just want to flip this off to somebody so that I basically wipe my hands of it. And then I'm I'm free and clear 
uh, you know, enjoy the rest of my life with my wife. Yeah. And like you alluded to, that's him. He he eventually talks to the Jew who he is taking around. Matthews, right? Or Matthew. Yep. Matthew is who he's going to sell his uh, his empire to. And then he uh, this guy is telling him, oh, I, I yeah, I see. I know the story. I know everything. But I need to know, like, how 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 is the sausage made, essentially? And that's when we get the the look into he takes him underground. I like that when he breaks down his like his way of business and sight unseen. Like, even if you were standing on top of my business, you wouldn't know you were standing on top of my business. And then, like, we get the reveal of, like, at least one of his locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. low-key it is. It, it, I got very Gus Fring vibes from it, where I'm just like, yo, this dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. No, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, He is kind of like a Gus, Gus Fring from... Uh, weed. <laughs> the one thing I like about the introduction to uh, Matthew Berger, the, the Jew, Jeremy Strong's character... He, uh, it's kind of like they have like this interaction at this social gathering with like, you know, a bunch of these like, you know, rich, you know, posh characters. Yeah. And, and then you, because you're hearing Hugh Grant, uh, uh, Fletcher tell the stories like, oh, it's a regular old cock off, Ray. You know, yeah, so- yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, so I have this here. I love this little bit of dialogue. I, I wrote it down. There's a moment of dialogue Fletcher says about Mickey and Matthew speaking to one another about a tire. And and now starts the alpha dance, says Mickey. Yeah. Uh, says, um, I'm sorry, um, Fletcher. Fletcher. Now starts the alpha dance. They're not really talking about clothes, Raymond. Oh, yeah. fuck, no. <laughs> yeah. They're like a pair of old doggies sniffing around one another's intellectual assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love that little bit of dialogue of like, I love it because it's like, I get it too. I'm like, yeah, they are. They're dancing around one another. They're, the issue's on the table. They're trying to dance around it and see who can like, Pick it up, you know, it's hot potato. Pick it up. How intellectually can you pick up this item and like handle this situation? Sort of, you know, and they're playing around, they're beating around the bush, if you will, the sticky bush. Yep. Yeah. And eventually, yes, Mickey shows him like his inner workings. Um, and we get the reveal of like how one of his sites works. And we get to see like it's totally hidden in a container. The container's got a false bottom, like a shipping container. Yep. It's on a farm. Does the hammer come with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then so like he reveals it all, and we go downstairs, and those plants, bro, are healthy. Yeah, really healthy, bro. Yeah, I really like too the whole the whole aspect of him coming in. He's like, this isn't it isn't like the old days. Like these fucking lords and ladies have these mansions and these huge huge mm-hmm. uh, structures, and they can't fucking handle it anymore. Yeah, because that's what he's saying. It's like you know the the way that because. He can't do it above ground, not in England, because there's not enough space. There's too many looky loos. Yeah. So he util- he because of his ties with university and like he's a Rhodes Scholar, he was able to kind of um, purchase these properties or take over these properties. Aristocrats. And he's like, and mm-hmm. I, you know, your your way of life is being taken away by the government. I have something that were to use your land your or underneath your land. I'll pay you a stipend of whatever it is per year, and you're going to have a recurring amount of like, so you're going to be recouping the money that you're losing from the government from like estate taxes and all that bullshit. Okay. You know, it's like, and I don't have to do anything. Nope. Not a goddamn thing. Yep. And so like they're living high on the hog because of this guy. And so, yeah, why wouldn't they let, let him just kind of do whatever he needs to do? Right. I just thought that was a very cool concept of like uh, the, these these people who were, you know, for so long better than everyone else, literally fucking peasants 
looked up to these lords and ladies, you know what I mean? And and now it's like almost full circle has come around and it's like, well, now the, the bottom of the bottom, the guy, he's he, now he's fucking taking over it all. Now he's he's the one who's, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not necessarily that it's his land, but now it's like, now nah, everyone reports to me now. Yeah, well, what he's doing on that land is making them all that money. So right, they- exactly. And then we get into because uh, Fletcher goes from like to Mickey's story to like how he like he's going to sell off his business to. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Matthew. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, I don't like his character that much. And okay, I don't think I think his boring. character is kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Boring is a good. Uh, he was boring, to be honest. Yeah. For a bad guy, not really like compelling. Like it's not like he. Yeah. Could have been cast better in that case. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, it just didn't grab me when there's so many other people here. And there's other characters that don't grab me as much either, but I still enjoy them more than, say, Matthew. Like, that's, I would say that's the one character that I probably didn't care for. The Like, of all the characters, I didn't really like him that much. It's odd, though, because he's the villain, so in a sense. Like, he's not the, you know, the villain of everything, but he is, like, a little bit of a villainous character. He's an antagonist. And like, here's the thing. We get that reveal at the end. It's not, he's just not built up well, I feel like. I would say, like, I wonder if they chose this type of character. Uh, and we'll see, we'll get this when we get to the end because he's not like, you can't have someone that's too strong, like, as far as like physically yeah. imposed, that you want to make him like weak enough where he's kind of like pathetic. But we just think that intellectually he's able to best yeah. uh, the lion, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's like another character that you could have chosen that may have like an actor that may could have portrayed that better. I don't I don't know. I got you. And like his whole shtick is that like he's like clean, right? Like even though yeah. he's gangster, he's sort of like every, all his endeavors are like clean. So like hit the point of him taking over Mickey's business now is that when it does go legal and it's legit, it'll become one of his legit businesses. Right. Yeah. He'll, but he'll have like, you know, his hand in it early on. So he'll be able to like overcome all his competitors. Yeah. So we get we get like the what we get Mickey's background, uh, what Mickey's trying to do with his business to sell it off, and then we kind of get the story of like we get to learn more about Mickey's wife, uh, as Fletcher puts it, the Cockney Cleopatra to Mickey's uh, Mark Antony, which I thought was a great. He says line. Uh, uh, Caesar. Mickey Caesar. Yeah, Cowboy, yeah, Cowboy Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, to Mickey Caesar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I thought that was shit good. is so. That's what I'm saying. Dog Fletcher just is the man. Dog, he has all the best <laughs> lines. That shit is so. And I do think just seeing like Mickey's operation too. I think it's very evil genius, sort of the way they show it off. Like, oh, totally under it. My underground laboratory where I grow like the finest bud. What does he call it? Like uh, buffalo he cheese. Gives, what is it called? Like or... sixty different names, but yeah, yeah it's, it's really weird. White widow, skunk. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? How many strains do you have down there? Is that one strain? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Sound powerful though, but uh, yeah, I do all, love all that. I so you guys do really like the storytelling technique of like Fletcher narrating. I do. It felt time. different. It felt different than than other stuff, and it it just it was for me at that time. It felt just mad refreshing. It was like, oh, this is this is a cool take. An air that it had to me was like of an anthology, mm-hmm. like a movie that tells you know several stories. So like because he's cueing us in on these other stories that are going on, and then eventually they all wrap up into like one bigger story. But we're seeing little moments in this story of like what Mickey's guys are doing. We see the coaches guys, we see all these stories and then they're all being narrated by Fletcher. So it's sort of like these little bits. And then the callback to the, the, you know, the, 
the wraparound story is like him and Ray talking at the dinner table or wherever it is in the house yeah, yeah. talking at that moment. And the other thing, too, is because, um, you know, Fletcher is not like he's mostly telling the truth, just like a movie would telling about the true story. But he's embellishing some certain, certain things. And like Ray will chime in. It's like that didn't happen. Not it's how like, it happened, Fletcher. Yeah. Well, yeah. A little bit of flair, Ray. You know, come on. Yeah, because he's sort of like telling a story to Ray like, hey, Ray, am I right? Like, am I getting the point? The 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 points right. Is this how it yeah. went down? Like, yeah. can you confirm or deny? Like, am I right? I think it's like on both aspects. He wants him to know, like, check it out, motherfucker. I know this. And I think he's to talk like, him into something. Yeah, he's trying to fish out other stuff. Like, oh, yeah, but- and then, you know, this. And he's like, fuck out of here, Fletcher. That's not, that ain't it. The Fletcher- only, so my only issue with Fletcher is that they never really developed his character. They don't give him context before this. He's no. not embroiled in like Mickey's business. He's not no, one of he's them. He's a dirtbag. He's. A I know, dirt but there's just so like there's this mystery to him that I feel like almost is a negative. Uh, where I think if we had known more of like, there's not even a really a moment where is there a moment where like Mickey even acknowledges him as a character in the in the film? So here, no. here's what Fletcher is. He's a muckraker. He's no, but he should have some background with this gang, right? Like, so like they know of him, like they've they've tussled with him or like done jobs with him or something, something where he's like known and he kind of just shows up at Ray's house. And it, I don't know, there's like this ambiguity to it where I'm just like, it sort of lends a, like a negative, in my opinion, to his character, even though I like his piffy dialogue and stuff. I'm sort of like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. To these characters, because when we're telling these stories, I don't he's not really he's not there. And then we see that, like, later on, okay, he's there taking pictures, but it's like, well, h- how does he know so much about this gang? Is he part of them? Was he was he ejected from them? Like, what is his background? With- it seemed to me like him and Ray had known each other. Like, yeah. they, for yeah, whatever definitely. it is, those two are familiar, uh, clearly familiar enough with each other for Fletcher to be That's in That's what made me think now. that he was part of, like, Mickey's gang at one point or something. Like, he knew they came up together or whatever. I just wish there was like a little moment that kind of flared up and showed Fletcher's background. Give me a come up real quick of Fletcher or like a montage of things that Fletcher does to show that like, all right, he's embroiled in this like world, this criminal world in a way. Like maybe he's a safe cracker or something of that nature or something. I don't know. I yeah, guess I he's like a private investigator, like he said. Yeah, that's that yeah. nature. Yeah, he, Like I said, he's a muckraker. He digs up dirt on a bunch of people for whoever is the highest bidder. Because he was hired by the newspaper that he kind of is maybe a privateer for. Right. He, I think he is seeing an opportunity where maybe I I can use this opportunity of like this transition happening in the underworld where I, you know, I have information that I can you know tell these guys yeah. instead, of, instead of, you know, hurting them, I can tell them what's going on, get money from that. And, and, and they, then yeah, they can buy the this- information from me. Yeah. Double bubble. That that's yeah. really what his motivation is. It's funny. Double bubble. Yeah, he's a greedy fuck. That's his motivation. Uh, I really like his. I I want to get it moving along a little bit. I really want to talk about uh, the wife, Rosalind Pearson, Michelle. Yes, Dawson. that's my next. Yo, dude, that BMW. First of all, sick. Yeah, uh, sick. Yeah, I'm not even really a car guy, but yeah, that it, it, yeah, that for sure. Was so good. that actress is Michelle Dockery. She's. Yep. Most famous for being in Downton, Downton Abbey. Do you want to know who was supposed to be in that part be- instead of her? Yes. Kate Beckinsale. No way. I could see her in that. Yeah. So Kate Beckinsale wasn't when they were uh, casting for the film. 
she was one of the people cast and was up until right before they started filming she something came up it wasn't like she just like oh fuck this project and like left it was something came up and she wasn't able to do the project and so they recast with this movie yeah (laughs) i actually so i I do actually i like this character uh yeah she's fucking great she's like super headstrong and smart you know yeah and she's the kind of wife that's gonna like tell it to you playing and put you on your on your ass maybe if oh, yeah she doesn't it, right but oh, yeah. she's gonna she's gonna give it to you straight likes that too and she'll make Dude, you a better man though like the you know, that like, whole her her intro scene where she comes in and she's like why where the fuck is why, why i don't want him out front this is a shot for mm-hmm. the girls this is the ladies like yeah and it's fun just to preface this whole conversation right now is my wife is a diehard Downton Abbey fan. Like I've seen, I, I hate to admit it. I've seen every fucking episode of Downton Abbey You're not and the both guy. the movies in the theater when they came out. So oh, I'm shit. very, very familiar with this, with this actress and with the story, right? Mm. My wife fucking loves it. Well, a quick rundown. If you don't know Downton Abbey. Michelle Dockery plays this very prestigious fucking uppity lady of the Lord. Like, is. I'm fucking way better than all of you. Like, you are all fucking trash beneath me. Fuck off. Don't talk to me. Like, that's her wow. character in Downton Abbey. Energy to this film. Yes. And that's what I loved so much about it is it's like, like, literally at the end of that scene, when Matthew McConaughey hit, he's like, hey, you, anytime we got a little time for, uh, and she snatches him by the dick and she grabs it and she's like, nah, you, nah, you can wait. Now fuck off. And she fucking yeah. puts it Dog, that shit is slit. Like, I was like, oh, and you can tell, you could see it on Matthew's face, bro. He was just like, oh, God. I, yeah. I, oh, I it's almost like every decision he makes is his own, but he's going to always run it by his wife, right? Yeah. Totally. He's that, she's that dame. She's that woman that like holds it down. She, she knows his business. I would have now and like she's a confidant to him. Like she's the conciliary as well as Ray, right? Like yeah. he's got her and then and then he goes to Ray, like as after. I would have loved to have learned how those two met, because that's like such an odd relationship. But it's great. He's American. Yeah. It's a weird story too, because he's say, American, I, but he's in this weird, you know, he's in this alternate, you know, world of this cockney world of the because uh, he's based in London. So yeah. It's yeah. but then he surrounds himself with English people, but he's not English himself. So an it's expat, if you will. There were a couple of moments in the film where I forgot about that. And I was like, man, Matthew McConaughey's English accent sucks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, he's not doing one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's funny. Hey, at least he didn't try to pull like a Keanu Reeves in like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? What? <laughs> Did you remember his like terrible like British accent in that film? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I like I, said, I love I love the introduction to Roz. I think she's an awesome character, uh, and she's really like like the interaction between like her and Mickey is great. And yeah, they have good chemistry. Great chemistry, uh, and like because the uh, like her shop foreman uh, that runs the the car shop. It for, uh, um he because uh, he's tasting some of the uh, uh yeah mickey like mickey's new strain he wants to show it to him yeah yeah and that's why he's kind of like not doing what he's supposed to be doing why it's it kind of fucking up her business right yeah so they like these are like these these are the businesses that she's kind of in charge of while he does the, the growery stuff it's like she's in charge of the legal businesses mm-hmm. it looks like you know to keep their shit looking above board 
And yeah. so like she's she keeps them very tight, you know. Uh this upscale boutique like car place. Bring yeah. your supercar here, but you know, get it done before your next spa visit. Obviously, this is her main mechanic. He's upstairs tasting some of this new Chiba. Uh yeah. and then Ray's like, I mean, uh, what's his name is um Michael's so just sort of like, Hey babe, you know, you know he has a strong nose, you know. He sniffed it out, like I needed I needed his advice, but you know. But he's kind of in getting involved in her world here. He's kind of stepping on her toes because this is her shit, like the, right. the body shop or whatever it is, the car shop. It's all about family, by the way, guys. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and now, yeah. is that scene after or before we get introduced to Dry Eye? Is Dry Eye before? It's right before. Yeah, like, and then we get the Dry Eye moment, which like, I thought was dope. Uh, Henry Golding, who I don't think he's British. I think he was putting on an accent. The Asian the- guy? Yeah, the Asian guy who is uh people might know him from Snake Eyes and oh. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I didn't watch Snake Asians. Eyes, but I heard it was like popcorn was... movie action. Crazy Rich Asians was cool too. That's, that's yeah. 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 I probably should have watched it, but I haven't seen it. Ray's oh. house is sick too at this moment. I realized like that's when they reveal the barbecue, and I'm like, damn, that's a crazy barbecue. Yeah. Awesome. It's like a table, you sit around it, smokeless, it keeps the you warm beef. too, it keeps your feet warm. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a real nice Barbie, Ray. It's like, yeah. I'll give you one if you fuck off right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, this shit is fucking crazy. We get that moment, too, with Dry Eye and Mickey, and there's an exchange when Mickey blasts him. Yeah, like, that's really one of my cool. favorite scenes. Yeah. This is one of the greatest, like, lines. And so that scene, that particular scene, like, where Dry... Oh, so Dry Eye, we get introduced to him, like, where he is, uh, he's, I guess, stealing something from somebody... Uh, I'm not sure what like if he. It's like containers. It's like he like paid off of some shipping, some shipping area to like basically like yo, I'll intercept the trucks that you're delivering. Whatever that cargo was, he was he was stealing it. Yeah, and it's like, well, well, you gave us this price, but like, there's more that we had to do. Like, you know, it's like you know, double bubble. You know, it's yeah, like the truck. Yeah. Yeah. So we hear that term again, yeah. and it's so it's like, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna pay the price that we agreed to. You know, that is, or, or do you want to die, essentially? Yeah, we say, like, a gentleman's word is a gentleman's bond. Exactly. So we get that. And then, uh, so whatever was in that container were, like, car parts. And he wanted, like... I have the evil Asian dude from uh, Fast and Furious. From the first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so he takes what he steals from there, and then he gives it over to Roz uh, yeah. as, like, like I want an introduction to your with your husband. It's like that ain't gonna fucking happen. Yeah, but apparently, like he's he had done enough. Like where it's like okay, well, a forty foot container of fucking rims and car parts. Yeah, she's like All I right. like the way she handles that scene too. She's just like this is fishy as fuck. What are you yeah. get are you getting at? Yeah, she's like nothing's free. Yeah. yeah, and then she he says and she's just like no, like I'm shut. I'll shut you down right now. Like I'm yeah. sorry, that's not gonna happen. But she and I know you love this dialogue, though, when when they have this like fantasy theme. Well, I thought it was I thought it was actually happening at first, but like this fantasy. And there's that moment where McConaughey's like walking over him after yeah. he shoots him in the deck. And like yeah. that moment, where he's just talking shit to him. I was like, I could tell the, the bit of dialogue. I'm like, I know John loved this. Oh, movie. dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, so- dry. I ain't so dry now, is it, boy? Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, there's only one rule of this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Ah! Yes. So that scene, that is the first day for Henry Golding. That was actually the first thing that he shot. 
that was the second day of shooting for Matthew McConaughey. And I just, I love the dialogue that they came up with. And because Matthew McConaughey, like he was talking with Guy Ritchie when they were being interviewed about the film. I was like, how the hell did you come up with this? I was like, you know, just like the, you know, unlike the salt and pepper that are on the table, this is not on the table. Yeah. It's like, it's not the dialogue come up with us like well there was salt and pepper on the table and this deal is not on the table so there you go you know that's that was guy richie's like he's like i don't know how i came up with it it was just it sounded good so i i put it in there which yeah, makes cool the cool writer those great dialogue dude the 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 next one though the one that is the real one when he fucking that one to me is just as good because you know he cut he cuts over and he tells him and and he's like uh I know how you lot love fables, so let me share a little fable with you. There was once a young and foolish dragon who came to ask a wise and cunning lion about acquiring his territory. Now, the lion, he wasn't interested, so he told the little dragon to fuck off. But the (laughs) dragon couldn't understand what fuck off meant, so he persisted and continued to ask the lion about acquiring his territory. So the lion took the little dragon for a walk and put five bullets in his head. End of story. And then this is the fucking best part of the fucking thing. Now, allegedly, there's a message in there. I don't know what it is, but you're a clever boy, dry eye. <laughs> it's like fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like And then and then and then when he looks over at him and he, and then he's like uh, you know, and it's all done and over. He's like, "All right, your time's up, chaps." And then he fucking he's like, "Well, yeah, but" And then the way Matthew McConaughey looks at him, it's like after he just told him that story and is like, "You'll figure it out. Dude, we're done here." Fuck off. And he's like, "Wait, wait hold on." And he just shoots him these fucking <laughs> daggers, bro. He's just like, fuck off. You're done. You're yeah. done, done. What time with Leave this? Leave now or you will die. I do like that. And I like the moment, even in the fantasy uh, one, where Charlie Hunnam's character is like preoccupied with something else and he keeps looking over his shoulder because he's hearing the tension rising in the conversation. <laughs> and there's a moment where he's like, my boss has just been challenged. Like, is what's he going to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like looking over. And he's also got to know, like, do I need to react too? Because there's a right. fuck. There's another henchman that's here with uh, the Asian gangster as well. So it's like, I got to protect my boss and, and his assets. But there's this funny moment where he just keeps looking over it, too. I just like that. And it turns out, like, what he's witnessing in that moment is just a dream, sort of. Like a fantasy. It didn't really happen. Like, it's just how Fletcher sort of thought it might have went down. This is in Fletcher's imagination, too. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. I do like that moment of, like, Michael just fucking killing him, shooting him yeah. in the- and killing him, like I think it's really cool. Actually. Yeah, reason, I would have been cool with that as well. Yeah, I think the reason he wrote that in there is because he he knows Mickey's reputation. Yeah. So why wouldn't he have done that? And it's like that's why Ray's like Fletcher. That never happened. That's not how yeah. Mickey works. Still here in him. Well, yeah. even even when he first introduces Dry Eye, remember he's like he busts out onto the scene, guns blazing, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And he's like, that doesn't sound like the dry eye I know, Fletcher. Yeah. He's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, all these intros were funny. The yeah. next one is very funny, too. That's when we get the, the coaches, boys. Dog, yes. So my second favorite character is Coach. Coach, that- is the, Coach is the second best character in the movie, Free. It's not even close. I wish there was more Coach. Yeah. I want more Coach in this film, for sure. I want to see him, like, coming up and, and, and like, coming oh. up this this little world that he has. We talk about, so the next thing we get is like the, the toddlers breaking into the, uh, into the facility. Fucking that whole scene is fucking great. Cause so they break in. It's like, 
oh she oh yeah oh some shit's gonna go down oh they don't know what they got into oh shit they're gonna they're fucking with i mickey. love and like it's like and you have all these guys come out it's like oh hey mickey yeah. oh fancy a row these what are these cunts doing here and like they more yeah. guys keep coming out it's like yeah. oh they're gonna get fucked up yeah we get the uh the this uh what they called fight porn that they do yeah and and so Ray is like, uh, sir, we have something that's going wrong here. And we see this, the, okay. the fight porn rap video that they put together. And then those, the, the toddlers fuck these guys up. And oh my God, this, that whole scene is fucking great. I love this. Oh, this is and like mixed martial arts and shit. <laughs> yeah, plus that song was a banger. Dude. Yeah. I, li- I do. I have that saved on my fucking like uh, Spotify playlist, dude. It's- a sticky bush. Yeah. Yeah, there's that moment when they're first sneaking in, too, where I caught the dialogue and I had to write it down. They're sneaking into Mickey's grow farms and they're like, there's a bit of dialogue where one goes, uh, I picked because I had subtitles on for this movie because of the Cockney accents. Yep. One of the guys sneaking in says, stealth, stealth. Like, as if saying it makes you more quiet or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, like, telling his other guys, like, going stealth, stealth, stealth. But it was just funny that he's saying it. Because these guys are green. They're not, they're like kids. In a they sense. don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're just, they're, they've been trained to fight really well. They know how to fight, and they respect yep. coach. And they want to, like, get into some shit. And this is their way of doing it. They've been paid to do it, and they're going to do this. And then, like, you know, throughout the rest of the film, there's moments where they come in and out. Where they try to fix this moment, but they just yeah, and they just continually fuck shit up. But it's funny, and I just we get a at the very beginning they're very sneaky, like uh, and we don't know who they are exactly. But right. then we shoot into who the coach is after that. Oh, yeah. and so after we so we also get introduced to the coach, and like it's kind of it's kind of inner inner cut. Like we have them sneaking in, like the oi. Oi, Mickey! What the fuck are these cunts doing here? Yeah. And then we have like we we have uh, interplays with like the coach at that restaurant. Like you have like these little kids, like a chip, like a hamburger joint. Yeah, yeah, and they're like fucking around, and he's like, "Oi, wait your turn!" And yeah. coach, who is fucking great too, and it's like, "Oh man, that whole scene was fucking great too." I yeah. That dialogue there is super good, dude. The way he like interacts with his kids and like tells them like, "Hey, man, you can stab somebody with it. You don't dance around with the fucking thing." Like, yeah, you, know? you pull it. And out. he tells him when he's like ripping them, and he's like, like he he's like, "Oh, putting the gay back in Marvin Gay, are we boys?" He's yeah. like, "Now come back out with me. Come on, make it really sharp. Cut me with it." Yeah. And he's like, right here. "Fuck you!" And he's oh, like, easily right because they cut him in line. He kind of lets him go, but then right away he says, "Like, what are they? He, what does he say? Like, does it smell like piss in here, or something like that?" Or? Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. What the, what smells like weed? It's like get the fuck away from me, boy. Yeah, <laughs> but then I love how like after he bests him, he says, "Like, come by the fucking gym and we'll see what we can do with you." Yeah, and I like that. That's what his thing. He takes these like rough around the neighborhood. Like, kind of like you know, they're you know, trains them for lives. That, that reshapes the youths. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. Uh, Others were that he shaped them into like being more men, m- m- not uh, a gangster by any means, like, but he's capable of gangster shit, right? Right, he's a bad dude, but he's trying to like be a humanitarian by changing the, the lives of these youths. But these youths are, you know, they're troubled, so obviously, they, del- they delve back into that dark world once in a while, 
unbeknownst to him, like they do when they fuck with Mickey's fucking stash. Yeah. yeah. So we get the fight porn stuff, and it's like, and then uh, video was tight. I gotta say, what's that? The video that they put together was pretty tight for. It's, it good. was awesome. Whoever edits that was pretty good. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> and then you have uh, so Coach gets that phone call from one of the guy from one of the toddlers. They like, yo, Coach, you know we're gonna cut you in on this like great score that we made. You know, it's because you're our mentor. It's like, what the fuck did you boys do? I don't like the sound of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't fucking do anything. And I'm gonna, I'll be right there. And it's like, <laughs> so he starts yelling at these kids, like, and he's like. What the fuck did you guys do? Take that fucking shit off the internet. Like, we need to yeah, figure out what dragged, it dragged him into that mess. Like, yeah, yeah. It's because of them, right? Exactly. So he's inquiring, like, what did who and did you location that they brought the bush to? Like, yeah, you fucked something, like, you fucked up big time. Like, who did you steal from? And it reminded me of uh, Lockstock, too. Like, when when yeah. it's stolen from the growers and the it's got very similar like vibes to Lockstock as far as like growing marijuana and stuff. Um or low key in Lockstock, but it was still part of the the plot and the thread and the the um it's interesting that this film does has similar beats, but it's different. Enough that like I didn't really pick up first thing, like, oh that's you know, that happened sort of in Lockstock. Mm-hmm. But there are threads of like, you know, that in Lockstock when they get robbed or people come to rob them. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So we uh, so we, he's making inquiries about like who he who they stole it from. It's like, all right, keep your head to the ground. And it's and it's like when he does find out who they did steal it from, he's like, he goes up to his like his main the main toddlers. Like, please, it's like uh, it, with this interchange is pretty funny too. It's like, hey, he called me. It's like uh, he called me a a, a black cunt. It's like it's like. He's like, well, he's not calling all black people cunts. He's just calling. He's talking to you specifically because yeah. you're black and you're acting like a cunt. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's great. Like the dialogue is so funny. But then he's like, please tell me that you did not take this guy from Mickey Pearson, like you know, or like or because he figured out that it was some guy named like one of Dry Eyes. Your guys are probably in the clear. They didn't fuck with Mickey Pearson's shit. Right, yeah, he tells him it, and he's like, "Just say it wasn't Mickey Pierce." He's like, "Oh, jeez, are you a gypsy too, Coach?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he thinks like, "Well, I think my guys are in the clear. They didn't fuck with Mickey Pearson's shit. They fucked with yeah. someone, so it should be good." But then he says it. He confirms it. Oh, I know whose shit we took, and he's like, "You didn't fucking think to tell me earlier." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For God's yeah. sakes, tell me you didn't steal from a guy named Mickey Pearson. It's like, "Oh, Coach, are you a gypsy too?" I'm <laughs> really good in this role. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Colin Farrell fucking smoked it. Just the just the scene alone with the kids and the the, the like rowdy kids in the yeah. hammer shop. I so, think like perfect, like just like a perfect little scene. Totally Darming them, but like taking them in, like, hey, come around the shop and I'll teach exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of dig that. And they all know about him, right? Like they don't know what he looks like, but they know of him. Once they realize, oh shit, you're the coach. You're like, coach. Yeah. Coach is obviously this is his thing. He like fucking beats up like like ruffians when they fuck around, but then shows them like a better way to you know to yeah. Learn. He he he, uh, he doesn't beat them up just for the. He's not like, Batman. He is trying to like give them a better way of life because they have no other choice. Yeah, you know it's kind of um. He's a little bit like, kind of like with the Kingsmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of like taking these ruffians 
and turning them into a weapon for good in a sense. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, I was like, okay, you need to tell me exactly how you got this information to steal from this guy. Like who told you to do this? Cause you didn't get this on your own. Right. There, someone had to have known where this place was. Who did you get this information from? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so they're not Chinese. They're like the dry eye and his guy. They're Vietnamese. I would imagine. Oh, they're Fuck. Yeah. Oh, that whole and so we have the coach goes into to see Ray at the bar. At the shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hat in hand, he's like, "Listen, my boy's fucked up, but it's my fuck up because I was not there with him." Right. And it's like, "I will do everything. I did not want to. Uh, I know I hurt Mickey Pearson's business. I don't want anything to do with that. But I, it's my responsibility. I will make amends for this debt that I owe you now." Yeah. I love that response to him, too. He's like, uh, well, you figure out where the, your boys got that information, and then we'll we'll talk. And he's like, boy, I can do you one right better than that. Mm. And then he walks outside, pops the trunk, and that's when he's got fuck and the trunk. Is it before or after Ray visits? Um, that's to, after. To get the girl that's missing? Yep. Laura, Laura Presley. Oh, because right. I definitely wanted to touch on that moment, too, because I like that scene of, like, the... Um, well, because it turns out that the kid that falls off the balcony is like key. Yeah, but yes, big time. Yes, that's a good point. But, uh, right, my uh, at one point, so Michael has to go and talk to all these lords and ladies at these different times. You know what I mean? To figure mm-hmm. out what's going on and and whatnot and such. <clears throat> one of the people overseeing his on top of his operation, they have a daughter. Yeah, who it gets all strung out on heroin and ends up with this with this other junkie kid. Um. But then that's when he gives that mission to Ray. He walks away and he's like, all right, I got to take care of the Lords because it's the one know. that says like, I don't want to do it. Right. Like, can we put somebody else on it? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I need you to go down there and do it. Ray. It's like a part of town that I guess is like, it's known that that's where all the fucking junkies are, you know, it's fucked. And, uh, but they go so- there and takes like some of his guys, which is cool. Like the bodyguards, the yeah. way they bust down the door and he like, goes in eventually once he finds out the property that they're in. Yeah. Kind of well, because just... he uh, he knocks first, right? He mm-hmm. knocks and he's like, he's like, we just want to talk. And then yeah. the guy slides that. Dude, I love that line when he like slides the mirror under it. And he's like, what do you want, officer? And he's like, we're not cops. We're mm-hmm. just here to talk. And then the guy like pauses and he looks at him. He's like, nope, fuck off and slams the door. And then that's when the other big ass bodyguard comes up and he's like, all right, do it. Yeah, he's like a fucking door basher. Yep. Bang. <laughs> Too. The one guy who's watching the car downstairs is being kind of harassed by these ruffians. Oh, the younger kids? Yeah, yeah. I think it's what they call them kind of in, in the UK. is like kids that are like, you know, gang related or doing criminal activities. They call them hoodies. Eventually, he's just like, here, here's some fucking money. Like, yeah, go buy some sweets. Here's some money. Leave me alone. I'll, I'll respect you enough to like give you a little something here and just fucking beat off. Yep. And like, I have a gun. I'm, you know, I'm and- get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because after he gives them the money, they're like, uh, that's when they ask him about the watch. And they're like, oh, sick watch, mate. You got the time. And he's like, and then that's when he flashes the gun. He's like, the time. Then the rock off. Take the getaway car or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that whole scene. Like, so obviously, like uh, you guys were talking about, uh, Mickey Pearson was uh, asked to one of his aristocrats that like he works with. Hmm? It's like, hey, can you save our daughter who's hooked on heroin? 
they go to that building and that that whole scene is fucking great too and it's like i know all you know like ray is like oh yeah he, how ray puts them in his in their place like i know i know all of you i know your parents i know you went to school and like he and he tells them exactly like what they like i i know everything about you except for this fucker over here <laughs> what's your name he said that one guy is like an anomaly for some reason yeah and then one dude like speaks up the one dickhead and he said is like i know that you'd suck a cock for a five pound bag yeah 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 Yeah. and it just shuts down and everybody sits down he's like everybody sit down and they said and that's like it goes off about his whole hating junkies and why do people get hooked on fucking H? Everyone should just be back in my day. We just smoked a little weed before we get the feeling that like something of this nature has affected Ray. Like yeah. he loves somebody maybe or something. Oh, for sure. You 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 get that vibe because when yeah. Michael tries to give him the mission, Ray's like, Dog, please, anybody else. And he's like, I don't want anybody else. I want you, you go handle it. Yeah. And, and then, then it's kind of even more him. reaffirmed on him at the end of that scene when he tells the guy, he the guy, he's like, wait, because you know, he convinces her to leave with him. Mm-hmm. And the guy he grabs him by the shoulder and he fucking smashes him off of him. And he's like, no problem here. I just won't be manhandled by a fucking junkie. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I felt like there was some context there that I'm missing. For sure. Uh, like there's something that happened like, in his past. Because we don't know uh, his past at all. We don't know Ray's past at all. And like maybe he Back was. Moment, we get to see that Ray is a badass. I mean, we're, we're, we're assuming he is because he's affiliated with Mickey, but. We see the capacity that he's used in is more about information and like squeezing things and making sure things happen. But we don't get to see him get his hands dirty. But here in this moment, all doubt is removed. Yeah, this is like like I said, this is a he is Tom Hagen until one part of it. He rolls that cigarette up. Yeah, well, that that drops a fucking old ODB song and the chase starts. That shit is. Oh, I love the Wu-Tang remix. Yes, that was so great. So that so let me tell you about that scene too. So the guy Richie really loved how these like little the the kids that he used for those roles that they're chasing after. He liked he's like these kids are great. Let's use utilize them a little bit more. We're gonna do a chasing. He did that on the day of shooting. Really. And so the scene that Charlie Hunnam of him chasing after that kid for that one phone that was all done day of filming. They spent an extra like hour doing that whole scene and uh I like how he has to flex eventually though oh yeah I, Rich pulls out the was, fuck SMG. I, that like like on the fly it's like he's feeding lines to charlie hunnam's character he's yeah. feeding lines to him and it's like he's doing all the you know it's like all, all that shit it was all done on the fly it was great uh, it's like, and when you watch it it's like of course they did this like of, uh, you know this is what would happen but the fact that like they filmed that all on the same day like just off the top of his head it's so like, yeah, that's super impressive because it goes into a bunch of different parts. It's not just his character chasing one kid. It's we got, you know, four kids or three kids, but they're all being chased by one member of the gang that he brought with him. Right. The big guy on the bike is trying to run down the kid on the bike. And then the, the other kid that the, the black guy's chasing. There's just, just it's just a great scene. I know you're all gangsters and naughty boys and all that bollocks. You yeah. Know, <laughs> Just like seeing, like, uh, he pulls out f- what was it, like 400 bucks or something like that. Dude, he's like, he pulled out a huge wad. It's like, I'm not trying to steal it, I'm trying to buy it. Yep. Yeah. Like, and it's like, you can take this right here. It's good money. Yep. You put the phone down. It's all yours. It's like, 
why don't you just and like you had that one like tuppy that's like gonna try to come on it's like why don't you just leave that shit here and fuck off you know it's and you just see like ray's like oh i don't want to fucking do this god damn it (laughs) it's like he just has that look he's like all right we're gonna do this the tough way and he flips his jacket back pulls out that machine gun he has starts popping off a few rounds like and they all fuck off which is great and you yeah. had that one kid who's like oh fuck he's gonna he's like and he points at him he's like now you're gonna lay that shit on the ground and you're gonna fuck off yeah and when he like lays it down he's like gets down a little bit yeah like leans into it or just like i'm coming in low yeah and that was all guy Ritchie's direction on the day like and this is all like kind of a ad lib by guy Ritchie. like this is never in the screenplay at all I liked it though. It fleshed out the scene. Definitely. Yeah, great. It's and but you would never if you didn't like listen to those interviews, you would never guess that. It feels so definitely not. And it made um it made Ray's character a little bit more badass too. Definitely. Yeah. That and it's like, oh, this guy is a tough a, a tough bastard. You know, yeah, because he's been playing kind of not softy. Well, because of his role though. Like technically he's not supposed to be getting his hands dirty. He's supposed right. to be you know, orchestrating the people who do that. On Mickey's behalf, you know what I mean? He's supposed yeah. to make sure shit happens. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't, like, yes, he will get his hands dirty and make sure. But, uh, you know, he's kind of there for advice and to make sure shit goes right. What it turns out, like, you know, because the, the kid named Aslan, he takes that dive out the window. Not It wasn't on purpose. It was kind of an accident. Kind of gets knocked back and then just, like, falls over of it. Takes a header out the window. And it turns out that 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 character you know it's like we're thinking like oh well that's fucked up but it turns out that that character is important because his dad is like some russian oligarch mm-hmm. all all those kids that are that are junkies they're all like you know uh fairly well connected they're arist- aristocrats uh let's so- say they're able to afford this apartment this flop house that they fuck around in and yeah and so like that the the russian kid that takes a header out the window he's connected with the russian oligarch yeah. and that guy ends up, I think, because in reality, the, the real bad guy is that Russian oligarch because he's setting up the events. Uh, I understood of the film. He's the one that sets up all the events of like hiring a character we haven't talked about yet in Big Dave, the uh, the newspaper man who hates Mickey Pearson, you know, because mm-hmm. we talk about like we, we'll talk about him in and from that like we also have dry eye who is kind of like being used to help kind of infiltrate mickey's business or maybe they aren't maybe like dry is is trying to make a purchase of the business he wants to move in on it and purchase and maybe this is more like with like like a guy richie film you have several entities trying to move in on one thing and they all kind of in the end have it it all kind of falls apart on Mm -hmm. Like you know, lock stock and uh, uh, and snatch. It's so I'm I'm maybe like the Russian oligarch hired Big Dave to kind of like set up the, these events. I don't remember and, that part at all. I t- I thought the Russian guy only came around because his kid died. That's the only reason he ever I, even came. Around. I, I thought it's so revealed at the end that he is the Russian guy is the like he's the guy that hired Fletcher. Okay, so then we have we, then we have we have four entities kind of involved because we have Matthew, Russian have guy. Dr- you have the Jew. You have the yeah, so we have gang. Matthew, we have Dry, Dry, we have Big Dave, and we have the Russian. Yeah. So, 
So there's four parties that are trying to come in on Mickey, essentially. Yeah, the Russian stuff is sort of queued in later because of the way we're the way the story's placed to us is that you know the way Fletcher talks about what happened with the Russian kid, um, placement wise and time frame, we're like, oh, it seems like it just happened recently. So yeah, it was there was enough time that once that happened and the Russian guy figured out how his son died. Um, I know it's odd because Fletcher was at the house when the body was still there, right? That's so. what I'm saying. So, so Fletcher was still working for the paper, and it was, and he was pissed off because Big Dave gets shit on it basically in front of all the rich, fancy people, right? Like the newspaper owner goes to shake Mickey Pearson's hand and at at the party, yeah. and it's like everybody that is somebody is in this room could have been cut out, and I would have been fine with that. It didn't really add anything to me. Yeah, yeah, sure, totally. I just. I'm now now I'm confused because like I'm I'm wondering if I missed something because that I always understood it as Dave was going after him because he shits on him in front of all the other lords and even that one lord like leans over to him and tells him he's like oh, I do believe he properly told you to fuck off. I'm thinking that Fletcher took both jobs, right? He did the job for the newspaper as well. Yes, as- yes, yes. And then right, now talking about it uh, now and like you guys are looking at me with like bewilderment. I I think you guys are right. And the fact that we have, so we have four parties that are coming in on Mickey and obviously like uh, Matthew and dry eye are kind of working together to a degree, but the other two entities uh, in uh, big Dave, he has his own motivations because he doesn't like Mickey Pearson. He knows that he's working with these aristocrats and he wants, because Mickey showed him that shade of like, you know, telling him to fuck off and like, he didn't shake his hand. He wanted to, destroy his business that way right then you have the russian the russian oligarch because ray killed his son right yeah so i don't know there's a lot of back and forth with these these different bodies um in the plot i think for the most part i think guy Ritchie balances it pretty well but some of these reveals that we're talking about only happen at the very end there is a little bit to me of a convoluted nature to this story um And some of it is just handed to you at the very end where it wasn't really established early on. Some of the some of these avenues of like the oligarch and that kind of thing. I felt like that could have been fleshed out better for the most part. We spent a lot of time with Ray and Fletcher yeah. at the house. And as as good as a dialogue can be, there are moments where it drags a little bit for me too, or it feels bloated. There's like a long winded nature sometimes to Hugh Grant's dialogue. I think the words that he's using are snappy. It's it's stylish, but there's a moment of self-indulgence to me where some of it loses me, where it's just the scenes are playing out a little long. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's stylish, and I like the method of storytelling, but at the same time, there's moments of it where it just takes me out a little bit, and I just want to get back to the main story. You know what I mean? The state totally. of the of the meal or whatever. Like I want to hear more about what, what's going on with Mickey. Yeah, I get that. That It adds a little bit to the confusion of time frame, too, about like what's going on, because these different players come into play. Dry Eye comes into play. But like we've seen that, you know, we see a moment with Dry early on, which ends up being just a fantasy. Right. It's not even real. So these elements of realness and not realness, because Fletcher doesn't have all the information and he's trying to get Ray to kind of tip his hat and let him know if he's on track to the right, you know, theory. Uh, I like those moments, but there's moments that I don't know as a storyteller. Like, I think it loses me a little bit once in a while because during. Yes, yes. I yeah, I get that. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, I feel like he, he 
the, the whole point of that is to kind of have that centralized narration like you're talking about. Like we do kind of have all this crazy shit going on in the background. And I feel that he uses that specific avenue of Ray and Fletcher together to kind of disseminate that information. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's just like you're saying, it, it kind of overstays its welcome in certain situations. See, because like then we get the moments where like we get to see coach you know, go to Ray and tell Ray, like, I'm responsible for what happened with my lads. And they, they're the ones that robbed you. I like these moments. I like these moments where we get to see our characters really mix it up and yeah. not in a, like a fake way, like a storytelling way. Like these are real things that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the Fletcher having the body at his house. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, the Fletcher seeing the body of Ashlyn, like that was cool because that moves the plot a little further for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's something I know that happened. Coach coming straight to Ray was great, I thought. And saying that, like, he'll make good for, you know, whatever, whatever happened, whatever it takes, I'll make good on, like, my boys robbing you. And I can give you back that product, but I can't give you back, like, you know, the aggravation of right. the time that you had to spend chasing them and all that other stuff and the disrespect. But um, he brings them the guy who knew the location, though, like we mentioned, the fuck or whatever. Fuck. Uh, that dude takes a header over the train bridge and gets run over by the train, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and he tells him, you need to invest in some fucking parachutes, right? Yeah, there's like everybody in this story keeps falling over ledges and shit. So we're, no. it's <laughs> like, oh, he fell on the train tracks. OK, we'll go down there and get him. And then the train shows up and just runs him over. And it's like, fuck, there goes like literally fuck. There goes everything that we were hoping for with this one guy. Um, I did really like Mickey poisoning. The Asian fellow, the the boss, Lord George. Yeah, I thought, yeah, Lord George, like, dude, projectile vomited like all over the place. I love that moment of like Mickey moving out of the way. Yeah, uh, it himself. He still got some of it on him though. Yeah, he still got some on him, but I wonder if that was real throw up. I don't know, man. It was like I didn't think poison to be honest, and then once it happened, I was like, oh shit, he poisoned him. Like that was that's fucking interesting, and it was just enough poison, so it was like, let me prove my point, and then you can live. Yeah. Or you could die. I just want you to know I can get to you. Yeah. And like if I can get to you in your kitchen. Yep. Come on. I can get to you anywhere. So I I do love that. And it's intercut with that moment of them drunk, like burning down one of his drug labs. Yeah. Like the heroin labs or whatever. And I do like the moment of Mickey talking to him, too. Like what I sell is I sell weed. Like it's a happy thing. Nobody ever dies from my business. Your business is destroyer of worlds like. Your business, heroin, just destroys families. It destroys people. It destroys everything it touches. Yeah, what it was also intercut with in that scene, too, is the the girl that he saved from that heroin house. Oh, she damn. in that, like, uh, and you see, like, when he talks about, like, you know, your thing is a destroyer of worlds, you see that girl, like, collapse in, like, the front yard. and she- Yeah, what, was it OD or, like, just... That was what I thought. Yeah. I from overdose. Yeah. You think she was still on it? Like, yeah. She- she was yeah she shot it up in, earlier in the scene oh she did okay yeah. i didn't see that part but yeah i saw him like with destroyer world and i did like the way it was intercut i thought that was pretty interesting yeah it was cool the way he was asserting himself with the uh and ray was there too right you know just in case right hand man dude yeah and the, like he just basically fucking puts this dude like <laughs> on death's door doorstep you know like uh, yeah. you get yourself to death if i leave here right now and don't give you this uh cure but here take these little fizzy tabs or whatever it is he calls them yeah an hour 
Yeah, I think that was pretty cool. It was a cool scene to see him like vomiting like that. I was like, oh shit, he's poisoned. But yeah, bro, he was letting it out. Because po- yeah, poison's not a fucking like great looking death. <laughs> and that's why this guy's going to projectile vomit and then shit himself to death. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now the next is the the next scene we get is him and Matthew. And Matthew's um, mentioning that he has a problem. When right? the conversation's transcribed by Fletcher. Well, we have dry before eye, that. So we have dry eye killing Lord George. We have that, like, but we don't know exactly. Yeah. Like, don't actually see it though at that moment. Yeah, like, but then uh, he walks away. Fletcher talked. It was like, but I have this video of Matthew and Dry Eye collaborating, and so and he's like, he has Ray kind of like read the transcript with him. Here, he's like, come sit next to me, Ray. Yeah, what the? Fu- it's so weird. <laughs> it's this weird sort of hom- homoerotic vibe between them. There's no context. Is what I'm getting at, like back and forth with them. Yeah. So they go and they're reading the the the, the transcribed back and forth. And then I love when he tells Ray, he's like, "You got to put." He, he delivers one of the line. He, oh fuck! What is the line? I should have wrote it down. I missed. Which but one? Ray says something to him. Like Ray delivers the line. He's like, "Oh come on, Ray! Like put some more heart into it." Like he like t- t- he's busting his balls about the way he's delivering the line. Basically, like, this is so wooden. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um. But this is where we're starting to see. So he's 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 now letting him know that, hey, I know these two are working together. And then this after he delivers this information and they go through that, that's when we officially cut away from those two in the house. Right. So the rest of the movie isn't at at this point now. Everything that has led up to that point has been delivered. And now it's all now it's all live action. Now. Now we're seeing it as it as it's. Because we also so the other thing too that we forgot to mention is that after the the raid by the toddlers, Matthew like kind of gives like a like oh you know hey it's okay you know I still I still back you I'm still gonna be buying from you here's here's a token of that that mm-hmm. trust that I have in you and he gives him like this quote unquote paperweight which is a gun yeah with six. Baby bullets. You know, it's like... <laughs> Guns are highly illegal in the UK, so you can get, like, what, five to six years or something like that for even owning one? hmm Yeah, and his wife gives him shit about it, but they keep it They keep it at the, on the desk at her job. He gives it to her. Yep, as the paperweight. Which comes into play later on. All right, so that scene later on is cool. Intense. Yeah, that one's badass. Yeah, is that so- a paperweight? Yeah, so we have Dry Eye and Matthew collaborating. We see that, okay, so Matthew has kind of been uh, conspiring to, like, drive down the price of of the business so he doesn't have to pay. Swoop in at a low price. And then we have Dry Eye, you know, come to confront Roz. And then we now we get back to, like, what we saw at the beginning of the film is that they're making a run at Mickey and his wife. They're going to kill him. And uh, was it uh, Ray? ends up killing the guy that was trying to kill Mickey. Dry Eye goes to visit Roz. Yeah, so he's the guy on the other line. And the gun that was given to him by Matthew, which is actually a working gun, and it was actually made out of gold. That's what the I, I watched another interview about that scene. That was actual gold that they made this gun out of. Holy shit. Yeah, and so they... Uh, so she was set up like, do you want a suite? Like, all for Sweet. Yeah, yeah. You want you want to you want a sweet? You want a sweet? It's like, like no. Open up that thing, 
and she loaded the gun and there's only like it's like it's like a little derringer so it has like it's like a two bullet capacity and they're small yeah yeah and and she pulls that in in badass fashion she pulls that shit i was like you don't fucking touch me i'll mm. put it in your brain and like they're looking at it's like oh look at that little tiny ass paperweight you know it's like what are you gonna do with that shit and it's like you walk on me to i'll show you what this shit's gonna do and yeah i did seeing that place before that the crash scene with mickey i didn't love that moment like when they he's on their way there and they're like they crash because he's like speeding and the, crash the red looks sort of like green screened it looks very like the actual crash but and when we cut back to Rosalind, you know, defending herself, I love this moment so much that it kind of just like washes away. More of that. The crash okay. scene, yeah. But they intercut a little bit with the crash scene, but the crash scene just seemed a little like rushed. Sure. Yeah. But with her pulling that paperweight and saying basically like anything with weight could be a paperweight. So, yeah. Yeah. Because a- he asks her, is that a paperweight? It's like, mm-hmm. funny you should say that. And yeah, dude. And the thing is, like, when she the one the one guy advances on her, and he shoot and she shoots him in the head, and it's kind of like just stands there. It's like, oh shit, this thing isn't gonna work. And you just see like the little like dot of blood coming from his head. It's like, oh, yeah. it, I just like kind of like maybe it had enough velocity to like get into like a little bit into his head, and like it just kind of stopped there. And it's like it's painful, but like it's not gonna kill him. And he just like collapsed. Eyes like. Oh shit, that thing does work. Oh god yeah. damn. Yeah, so then like dry is sort of like, oh shit, like you do have a gun. Uh, yeah. okay. uh but then, there's eyes and she has one bullet. And the one. next henchman. I would have used it on dry eye. Yeah, um, for sure. I think maybe she was worried too though. Like if she shoots dry eye, that's a decision. He's connected. Um oh sure, yeah. The, the ramifications. If I kill a henchman, we can clean that up. Like that's yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We can wash our hands of that. But if I kill Dry Eye, it's on. And my husband. Which is very believable because she's a very calculated person. So, like, to go down that route, like, that's very believable that, that you know what I mean? Where she just was like. Those two bullets meant the most to her. It was like, I'm going to take out these guys. Right. And, yeah, so, like, she she kills the other henchman. Dry Eye ends up, like, because, you know, he's a strong guy. And, like, so he tries to take, like, tries to, he's going to rape her. That's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen, and Mickey gonna then, and just fucking unloads on this dude. Which I like is- that Mickey gets there in time. As cheesy, oh, dude. like I think it works really well for this scene where he just gets there in time. And Perfect. And in, in the underworld, especially in like in this like mafia style world that they're in, laying a hand like yeah with another person's family. Yeah, that's. I feel like you you I if you excuse you burning my business to the ground, I can excuse you. You know what I mean fucking with my my product but like you don't go after my family if that's you that person's family that's yeah. no no and he was gonna Dude, and it, it, uh, it's so it like you, you talk about just like uh what a good scene it is in the sense of like how it's all how built up because you see her on the table and she's struggling and she's kind of like like you can see her facial expressions like she's like she knows what she's about to go through and she's just mm-hmm. like fuck like defeated you know and then like and the same time, because you don't see Matthew McConaughey right, right away. Yeah, uh, you see, but you can tell on her face as soon as he's there, because yeah. you can see like she's got that like, uh, and then there's just like almost just like overwhelming sense of like relief. Hey, hello, darling. Yeah, like- you can just see it on her face. She's just like, oh, I, I, I can't remember what the line is. I think she says, "Hey, love," or "Good to see you, love," or something, something like that. 
but you can see the look on her face. And then that's when Dry Eye snaps over and you see Matthew McConaughey in the doorway and he he looks like a fucking barbarian. Like you could do like he's bloody, he's all fucked up, he's out of breath, like the way his shoulders are going, like he's just like you do not want that thing looking you down. <laughs> That's it. And dry eye looks like uh, on dry eye. It's fucking great. Dry eye is like that of like, dude, he's embarrassed almost. That like yeah. I even tried to rape your wife. Like right. caught me with my dick out, like so yeah. I'm even trying to. And now you're about to fuck me up. Like he was yeah. He was caught in there in the moment. And yeah. Oh. I like that. Like like a barbarian or like a lion, right? Because a lion, yeah, totally. Yep, exactly. Lion, that was his queen. Yep. It's queen, and you were like a jackal or like a hyena about to try and take his woman. And there's no way the fucking lion, the king of the jungle, is gonna let that happen. No yeah. way. Yeah, and I love that moment. It's a it's a satisfying moment where he's very just, satisfying. Even if they yeah. don't necessarily what the the impact, you know what I mean? It's just like we We know. Very yeah, it's very satisfactory. because uh, uh, then like after that, that's I'm trying to think what happened. Coach. Uh coach. Yeah, we get the, the newspaper guy, Big Dave, right? Coach oh, Big so, blackmail. <laughs> this this part was here. So the toddlers, you know, kind of like in making amends to uh for for what they had done to Mickey is the newspaper man who was trying to make trouble for Mickey and like uh and all this. They go after Big Dave, who is a God. That guy is a fucking dick. He's Fuck a that. journalist, but he's also got like a hard on for certain people and yeah. yeah. Well, not a journal, but he runs a journalism, a journalism magazine or whatever, right? Hello, journalism. Yeah. To be honest. Like it, that guy has not told a real story. He's never like investigated anything in his in his life. His character is just sort of a dick, but he's sort of an add-on too. I don't. I never felt anything for him. No, that's it. And so this is added on to the story. He points of the movie, but I, I still find like you know he like it's, but it's also kind of like a fun add-on because we get more of the coach. And it they essentially like they kidnap this guy, they drug him, and I assume they make him fuck a pig or do, yeah. does they convince him to fuck a pig and then they videotape it and make a video out of it. And uh, the moment where I'm like wondering, well, maybe the video is not real. Like you didn't fuck a pig, but you're not you're you're so I thought he wasn't going to press the button because who wants to actually confirm the oh, fact right. who wants to know. <laughs> right. So like. Instead of pressing the button and the fact I thought it was like a double cross where it was like, you didn't actually fuck a pig, but we laid it down enough that you thought you did. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's enough doubt in your mind now that you're not going to press that button to figure out if you did or not, because you you don't want to see that. Right. You don't want that confirmation, but he does do it. And so it turns out they actually he actually did fuck the pig. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, he's at the part. It's like, oh, (laughs) it was like kind of like he cringes because they saw the video. It's like, oh. God. Yeah, it's nightmare fuel. You can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colin Farrell is really good in this movie. And like, oh. So that's my way out, right? Like he did this for Mike, Michael, and like this is their way out. Like right, now, the final pain. Right. It's yeah. like uh, the uh well I love I love the part where it's like it's like when Ray like when Ray is watching the video, it's like, wow, when you see it, you can't really unsee it, can you? It's like, no, it's nightmare fuel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, well, this is, you know, that was kind of like the last thing that the coach was needed to do to kind of like make up for what his kids had done. And they got big, they got uh, big Dave in like their pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And, but after that, we, this is where like the Russian comes in. And this is also kind of like, 
a little tacked on because we see uh well this comes in a little bit later because we we also have to talk about how mickey based off of like what because ray uh, has all this the information that fletcher has been feeding him about uh like that matthew is involved in trying to drive his business down so he doesn't have to pay him as much Mm -hmm. so mickey sets up a a meeting with matthew about this whole thing and well, sorry, uh, Mickey, but your you know your business is down about you know this much and this much per year, and it's like really, I really don't should be paying you about like uh, you know this much, and like it's like a paltry this much. It's like oh, I'm sorry, that that's just business, buddy. From like a hundred thousand, uh, I mean a hundred million. Yeah, it's like well, and so that's where it's like, and you're like, oh, this little fucker here, and this is like the good part, and this is where I think like. You, you have to have like a somewhat pathetic kind of like more of like a, a like kind of a weakling type of character play this role. And maybe it could have been done better. Like this actor, I don't think portrayed this role the best. I don't way. think so either, to be honest. Yeah, he's because, like, the weakest like, part of the movie for sure. Yeah, he's weak. Yeah. If you had like a more imposing character, it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't have worked. I do like McConaughey scaring him and like asserting himself. So Mickey shows in the video of him working with Dry is like, so here's the thing, like you uh dead body too, hanging in the fucking Yeah, yeah and he's sh- like dead bodies Dr- in the freezer, Michael. Oh, is this supposed to sound like Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, you were working with him and you know what? You're gonna go in that freezer and it doesn't look like you're dressed for that t- you know, it's twenty five below zero. You're gonna wire this much money over or yeah for the do. Basically he's saying like you're gonna pay for my business. And I'm not going to give you my business because yeah. me with this bullshit. Right? And you're going to pay extra. And yeah. then he tells him, he's like, it's not because it's not because you fucking did this. It's not because you did that. That's all. He's like, again, these decisions are not emotional. Yeah, this I'm not. I'm not. My I have no emotional attachment to the money. Right. Yeah. And then he says, it's because you fucked with my wife. Yeah. My no, wife. No, no, my no, wife. It's, it's like it's like, no, no, this is for like and you're not going to get out of the freezer until you pay it and i am and i i implore you that frostbite comes pretty quickly in that temperature yeah yeah it is now then he pulls out the knife it's like now you're also going to give me yeah a pound of flesh and if there's anything like an ounce below below it you know you don't get out of that freezer and he has his henchman who has like the gear on to go in there he's like he's going to make sure you do it and my boy here is dressed for that temperature and he'll make sure if you can't do it, he'll do it for you. I kind of wish there was more payoff with that moment. Like, it sounds cool. And there's that moment where we see the steaks going on. Yeah. It's not the same meat, though. He's not being fed, you know. That's just Ray making a steak for him. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it's not. His, yeah. But yeah. yeah. He tells him, yeah, not an ounce shy or a penny less getting that ass. We don't actually yeah, get him kind of. I, I kind of wish we got to see the Jew, like, really have to start cutting himself at least maybe and they cut away or something like right before yeah like we well, see you're him. a horror movie guy dude you know what i mean so you like that weirdo and shit. we get to see him like That's... where am i gonna cut from what's the most like non-valuable piece of my body that i can give this guy that yeah. i can live with you know i imagine of... like he wanted him to cut up his cock and his balls and like, maybe like something else Dick yeah. and balls i mean the character is pretty despicable yeah wait the way he's played out at the very end so you touch my wife. Yeah, I like I like that outburst. I I think that was good on McConaughey to make like this is what truly matters. This is my family, right? 
fucked with my family, man. Like, yep. I will not deal with that. And you, that's like, you pushed me to the edge. Now you're going to see what I'm capable of. Yes. You know? And so, yeah, he leaves the, he leaves that meeting at the factory. And we get that moment where we see that the, the toddlers decide that like, oh, we're going to make everything right. We're going to take care of Michael. And they call yeah. coach about that. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, no, no. Everything's right. Everything's well, good. That's right after he kills the two Russian guys. And he killed the two Russian guys because he told Ray, oh, we're settled, you know. And then it ends up he does one more thing. So now they're like, you know, he's got an extra. Yeah, he says like three, three. Yeah, four. and he comes back and he gives him the four. He's like, that's oh, four. Now four Ray over the coach one because he you know he threw up that four because Mickey notices like that there's somebody trying to break into Ray's house to try to kill Ray. Mm-hmm. He he shoots them and then like uh Mickey gets in the car and, like Same time it's intercut that they're coming from Mickey too. Because Fletcher yeah. saying like listen I'm, they're gonna come for you. Yeah that's how Fletcher gets out of the box because he's like hey you you're missing some information here. You're really gonna want to hear this. Yeah. And that's when he tells him who Aslan was that's when he that's when they find out about the Russians. And mm-hmm. that's when he finds out that the two Russians are coming to kill him right then and there. And then coach sees him sneaking in. So coach goes behind the woodshed, pop, pop, takes care of him. Seen, but a little bit of an like an info dump. Yes. A one thousand percent, which is it, I feel like it could be done a little bit more stylishly, uh, to be honest, like the way they handle it at the very end. It's a little like. What do we do with Fletcher? All right, he has to tell what he knows. All right, here we'll come up with a scheme of like putting him in a box or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It works though. It still works. Yeah, hell but yeah. I, but it's a little like tropey as far as just like dumping all this information last minute on us for as sure as viewers. You know, where we were kind of trying to think about what happened, and it, but it's cool because there's some there's layers to this story. So there's moments that happened before other moments. So like this kind of gives us context and like, all right, this is how it went down. So I do kind of like that at, at the same time as well. Yeah. And we see the guys there in the van, uh, the toddlers, and they're going to, they say, they, like, we're going to take care of Michael. Like, they say, take care of him. They show him with a gun. They're yep. Like, gun. Oh, these dudes are going to do some shit. They yeah. always tape it, too, like, it, like imbeciles. Yeah. And <laughs> thankfully, they fucked up in a good way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like. All works out, right? Yeah. So it turns because out. Michael, the Russians Mike, are waiting for Michael in the car. Yeah, don't get in the car. That's what race. Right when he gets in, he like shuts shuts the door. Bong gets the message. He's like, "What the fuck?" And then he looks up, sees the Russians, and he's like, "God damn it! I just gave a sick ass speech to this fucking asshole, and now I'm in a jam." Yeah. And then yeah. so the Tyler's pull up in front in the van. Yep. Open up the back door and just unload with an AK on the fucking truck, thinking what they're killing is Michael and his guys, his drivers and his bodyguards. But meanwhile, he's under distress. He's being kidnapped by these guys. So like he yep. just he dips down. He sees it coming. Yep. And he survives it. And meanwhile, they ended up helping take out his captors. So it was like it all worked out in the end. So I no, I think that they I, fucked up. But no, see, I think the toddlers knew exactly. They were pretending. They were trying to kill Michael. You think so? Yeah. Thing in their dialogue is like, we got this Michael situation. We're gonna handle it. They were gonna kill Michael. That's what that they was one. I'm I, yeah. I'm I, I. feel pretty confident in that, Rob. They so were have, gonna, they have they, no idea what they're doing, and that Michael is actually under distress at that moment, and they helped him out. Yeah, because uh, because we saw the coach take out those guys at Ray's place. I thought that they were trying to help out, like Michael. No idea. Coach is 
their their ass because they owed them a debt. No. No, uh, he even tells them, he says the Michael situation. We're going to sort it. We're going to sort it out, which just means they're going to kill him. Yeah. Kill Mike. Uh, yeah. Ernie's got a plan. What the fuck are you talking about? The that, Michael situation. We're going to sort it. You know, all, man, I totally misunderstood that then. Yeah. So it's all like a coincidence and it all works out in the end for Michael anyway. But yeah. oh, man, front they think they're killing Michael's driver and Michael's bodyguard and Michael himself, but Michael sees it coming, gets down and ends up freeing him because yep. the guys that were about to take him to his death. Yeah. And it all works out because they, they were going outside of, you know, they don't listen to coach like they do, but they don't, you know? Right. We got this. We got this coach. We can handle this. Meanwhile, coach handled it for them. Because he does kill the guys that are coming after Ray. So he sort of zeroed everything and, and put it back in their court where like, hey, now you owe me a favor. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the favor. It's like, hey, I'm sorry that my boys came after your your guy, but at least it ended up working in our favor. Like, you know, when they're all thinking about it later on after it's all played out, they're like, hey, you know, you guys killed the Russians for us by accident. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, the, the toddlers are kind of stupid. They are kind of stupid. Now, now I think I was like, God damn. It's I like, told them that. I think they were working with doing what the coach is doing. It's like they're trying to protect like Mickey's coach group. Incident. Coach was going to leave and then he saw them show up. And yeah. that was the moment that he got the call from them about what they were doing. So he was sort of like preoccupied. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What stupid shit are you guys doing? I just I just deaded everything. Everything just fixed it all. What the fuck are you about to do? <laughs> and he goes in and just he decides, like, should I go in and fucking save Ray? Fuck it, I'll go. I'll go in, and he pulls his piece out. The coach character is great. I want to move a coach. I would love, yeah, yeah. I want more coach. I want more Ray. I want more Fletcher. Like that. That those are the the characters of this film that they just it those characters make this film. Yeah, I, I yeah. Like I said, Fletcher is my favorite character. Fletcher is number one for me. Free coach second. Free after that, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey's not really the first one, I'll be honest. Yeah. No, I mean, he's like the star, but he's not really the star of the movie. Because... And it's not like he did a bad job, you know, just to be no, honest. No. It's not like he did anything wrong. It's not, it's, it's not the writing. It's just those it's... other characters shown so fucking bright. It just, it was way better. Yeah, well, yeah, our na- narrator. Yeah. And then you get, you know, uh, Ray, who's just like interacting with him the entire time. There was moments of the story, too, where I thought they were going to allude towards Ray being the guy who was putting everything in motion because he was going to try and take over the business from his yep. old his boss, you know? I could see that. Yeah, that may, yeah. It, it was predictable, but it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, it's going to be Ray the whole time. And he's been, that's why he has Fletcher at his house, which it does turn out, which is like, it's not quite that, but Ray does know about Fletcher and like he's letting Fletcher in his house on purpose. Like he's aware of everything that Fletcher is doing. So, there is that moment that's revealed that like he he was yeah we, I forgot about that that reveal is fucking I I remember thinking it was cheesy in the movie we talked but. even more yeah but like we what we find out is because so we're not it's so Fletcher's not gonna get his payday because his double Ray knows exactly what he's trying to bubble he's been yeah he's been like monitoring Fletcher this whole time which is kind of weird because as you're good at your job but I'm 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 better. Yeah, uh, have like similar roles, I guess. I thought that was so cheesy in the movie. Like, I remember in the movie theater, like, kind of being like, "What? Don't, don't do that." Show him in the ghillie suit, and then they show. Yeah, him. dude, and it's him behind him with the bigger binoculars, and I was just like, 
that's no, come on. But it, it whatever. It was yeah. But uh, and then because you we get towards the end, Butcher is trying to sell his movie to another person, and you also see in that in that uh, room that he's trying to sell to another producer the movie. You see the poster for uh, the Man, Man from Uncle, which is yeah. another Guy Ritchie film, by the way. Um, in the corner. Yeah, so you you see him like trying to sell the movie the the screenplay that he was trying to sell Ray and like Matthew McConaughey, uh, Mickey, and all that stuff. But that didn't work. So he's trying to like, okay, well, here you you settle you you uh ruminate on that. I'm gonna go over to Hollywood. I'm gonna pitch this thing. A, it's an updated screenplay too. With yeah, the, we'll yeah. get a we'll get a bidding war on this thing. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, because and, he runs away from that situation with uh, Ray. Yeah, turns his back moment when the Russians attack. Yeah, but then he hops into a cab to get to the airport, and who's driving the cab? Ray. Yeah. Buenos tardes, Fletcher Mundo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but what a seriously, what a great movie! It ends on right with McConaughey and his wife, right? Yeah, yeah, and he he tells him uh, chance, and she closes the door, right, or whatever. Yeah, if you wish to be the king of the jungle, it's not enough to act like a king; you must be the king. Be, the king. be yeah. no doubt. My queen told me that. But yeah. yeah, that's the the payoff to the other line, right? Because she walks in and he's like, oh, we got time for, uh, you know, and, and she just kind of looks at him and closes the door. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. My but, yeah, man, this movie was gr- John. This is a great suggestion. I really like this film a lot. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, dude. Like, like I said, this one is, you know, because I, I watched uh the guy, the guy Ritchie films that I watched in, or I didn't even really see Snatch or uh, Lockstock before I saw Sherlock Holmes before I saw those two movies. Okay. So I had saw Sherlock Holmes and somebody was like, oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes was cool. But that, you know, they, that's when they told me about uh, Snatch. And so I watched Snatch and I was like, holy fuck, this movie is perfect. This is the perfect movie. He's the and somebody was like, oh, Lockstock. And so I was like, oh, shit, I need to watch Lockstock. So I, I really watched them in a really weird order. But Yeah, uh, you did, because I so I remember like my my take to Guy Ritchie because I I because wa- I watched everything in theaters back in that day. So I watched uh, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels in theaters. I watched Snatch in the theaters. OK, yeah, I I, I was uh, my friend was kind of like, hey, let's we 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 went to the cinema every weekend. And so we would watch like two, three, four movies a weekend, pretty much. And so we saw those films. And so I was into Guy Ritchie right from the beginning. It's like, oh, man, this that film was really great. And so and later on, it's like I didn't realize that he had done Sherlock Holmes. And I was like, oh, Guy Ritchie did this film. I was like, OK, great. Let's let's check this out. I'll be honest. And- the moment I think he he had some missteps in his career was kind of when he got into like the whole Madonna phase of his life. Yep, yeah, I was Don't put this. that on Madonna, dude. Yeah, but I feel like she kind of sidetracked him from his like creative vision. Like he was a very creative guy before that moment. I love Madonna and I am tired of all these people blaming Madonna. She took on a fake English accent when she was with him. No, that was real. She was so in love she developed oh an accent. Oh my god. <laughs> Yo, I can't God. So uh, let's review this thing. You guys ready? You guys want to? You want to get into our uh, our scores? Absolutely. Your film, your choice. Go into it, buddy. Perfect. 
So for me, I uh, love this movie. Love it. The characters, uh, Matthew McConaughey is one of my favorite, one of my favorite actors. He's up there for me. And um, anytime I you watch a movie and he is he's in it and he's not even fucking the top two as far as stars go in the movie. Like to me, that says a lot about the movie. Right. I mean, uh, Fletcher, Hugh Grant, I think is one is is out of, out of all the movies. If you, if you were to put the trilogy together, if you went Lock, Stock, Snatch, The Gentleman, all three of those. Fletcher is my favorite character from all three of those films. What? He's just he's 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 perfect. Wow. Uh, uh loved coach. Lock come in and uh snatch. Snatch snatch, I mean, yeah, I uh, Brad Pitt. I would but you know, Brad Pitt is up there as far as you know the best characters in that trilogy. And even uh Jason Statham is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I love it. I love the way it was told. Like I said, I thought the narration bit and the the jumping around like how it was how it was cut up and we're getting pieces and then we're getting more pieces later that are, you know, it it was convoluted but I don't I didn't ever feel like I got lost. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh as far as uh dislikes, I mean, I I I get your I get your gripe with the whole a little too much Fletcher and Ray in the in the house and and the the villain the the big villain is definitely uh a tough sell he's just i he's just pretty boring but with all that said i would give this the rank of buy it this is a buy it for me for those reasons because it's one that you can watch multiple times and i think you're going to get something out of it every single time you watch it uh i could see that it does have rewatchability. watchability very much so yeah very very much so quality that it 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 owns that would be the reason i would give it a buy it because just being able to throw it back on watch it again and be like oh shit i missed that from the first go round. it's one that's worth on nice bird what do you say big big bird huh the bergmeiser um it's a greatest great ensemble cast yeah that cast man um i i think certain people play their parts better than others but overall still great um the fast talking dialogue i love it it's 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 Guy Ritchie. It's Guy Ritchie back at like what his roots. This is what this, this is the Guy Ritchie I love to see. And I'm glad that he was able to flex himself as a director in other films and things. But like those other films didn't have his flavor as much as like these films, these kind of films, oh. these cockney mysteries or action films or whatever's like they're so interesting to me. And like he's always seemed like the British version of Tarantino. In my, in my opinion, he's style. Uh, substance, dialogue, it's all there in most of his films. He's got diverse characters, but really weird like things going on and quirks, and um, you see a lot of that in his other films, and you see it in this film, too. It's toned down a little bit in this film, but there's there the Fletcher character, especially, um, you know, McConaughey's, like, set up, and these other characters, like, coaches uh, the lads and the coach. Um, you know, you see a little bit of that here, too, just like in those other films. Coach is a great character. Uh Colin Farrell killed it, I thought, in that role. It was a small role, but he owns it. There's some really cool scenes, too. I liked following along with the story. Um, I liked the scene of like them going to get the chick from the family with the heroin problem. Like I liked the way that played out. I like these little bit of scenes where, like, um, because Ray's listening to Fletcher's story, he's hearing Fletcher's version of something, and we get this narration, and then we go into the scene, and we get these scenes play out and it's got this like anthology sort of vibe to it that I thought it was an interesting take on like storytelling for a movie. We just yeah. recently covered princess bride, which has like narration too, as well. Um, there's a lot of films that carry narration over. It's an interesting way to do it. 
the way they do it in this film. I like it. Um, but there are moments of it that are a little bit, I don't know. Uh, like I was intrigued for the most part by the mysterious nature of the plot, but there are moments where like not all the dialogue is as engaging as other scenes. Like case in point, this film, like it's just kind of long winded at times and it has this like real stylish vernacular, but sometimes it just throws it at you. And there's moments where it just feels a little bloated, like where like the characters don't feel fleshed out enough. And, you know, someone like Matthew is just like, I didn't find him interesting as an antagonist. He's just sort of on screen. The moments where we do have the, the people that I like, like Fletcher, he's great, but I do feel like some of the moments where he just feels a little long-winded too when he's talking and setting up a scene narration-wise. I felt like they could have cued into the the scene that was really going on faster or, or more efficiently. I like that he's like long-winded too, though, because that kind of does lend into his character. He is a long-winded kind of guy. Um, he's all about you getting lost in the sauce of like what he's saying and then Totally. Play you that way. So yeah, I get that. Um, I don't know. Like the characters don't they don't all feel fleshed out. Like I said, I do think I think that Fletcher's a cool character. He comes across as really cool. There's a connection between him and Ray. What is it though? There's no context. It's never given. I just wish they fleshed out Fletcher Fletcher a little bit better. We're sort of given like the go ahead of just like, well, he's included in this world. He knows a lot about it. We can see that he's flexing what he knows. He knows Ray somehow. That's enough. But uh, to me, I just wish there was a moment where we saw him like mixing it up with somebody's gang or whatever. Like he was, why does he know this world so well? You know, he's not just a journalist. So, you know, he's a con man, fine. But like, I don't know. We never saw a moment that showed us a reflection of like what Ray did or something that he fucked up on as a con man or how he got embroiled in this like plot of like ratting. I just kind of wish we got a little bit of that early on to show us more about Ray uh, Fletcher's character, Fletcher's character. I thought he's interesting though. But like I said, not all the dialogue lands for me. The character characters don't all feel fleshed out. Hugh Grackman, Jackman's, I mean, uh, Jackman, uh, Grant's role. Just like to me, I was engaged by it, but it couldn't engage me more. I wasn't as, I wasn't as engaged during the scenes with him and Ray's character every time they showed them. Cause we cut back to them several times. And I'll be honest, like, I thought Ray was decent, but Charlie Hunnam, he's not the best actor. Um, he does a decent job with this role, though, and his character is pretty cool. I do like the moments where he gets to finally flex what his character is about. I love that. Yeah. I just think the film took a while to get there. Um, like, I, this, the story dragged at times for, for me. The storyteller aspect of it all and Fletcher and Ray, like, talking it out together. Like, I like that. as It's a highlight, but it's also, like, overdone a little bit. At some point in the film, it just feels a little bit overdone. Like, I'm just not getting as much great storytelling from that aspect as I was in the beginning. I was more surprised by it in the beginning. And then it just kind of drags on a little bit for me. Uh, And we just really don't know, like I said, who Fletcher is at all. And I just kind of wish we got more of that. He's an interesting character, like really interesting. Uh, And the story just gets a little convoluted towards the end. Yeah, definitely. A lot of things added on at the very last moment. And the, the film changes pacing a little bit. But there's also some uh, great aha moments like the rape scene and yeah. the redemption of that. Like, that's great. Like, that's it satisfies me. Um, but there's moments of being unsatisfied, too, in this film where I was a little bit like it's a Guy Ritchie film. They they have this breakneck pace and they don't like there's a chance that it doesn't all come together. And for me, it doesn't all come together perfectly for this film. But I think it's pretty good. So with that said, um, I would give je- the gentleman, I would give it like a solid rent it. Yep. Um, even maybe a slash buy it. But uh, for me right now, I think it's a rented. I rented it. I don't know that I would buy this film, but I think there are people out there that definitely would want to. Um, okay. 
if if you if you're really into Richie's filmography and you want to own his films like that, then get the gentleman. It's a good, but get a better version than what Rob got because his version's poo poo. There's no extra scenes or anything on yeah. there apparently. Yeah, I think yeah. you got, like Dude, the, that's great too because I just real quick want to get into it, you know, because and and in case people don't know, so we our our rating system, you know, never watch this shit being the worst. Watch the trailer, rent it, buy it, instant classic. If I'm working at a at a, a a C average, bro, I'll take that all day. That's a pass. Rent it is a good it's score. In my thing life. as a C necessarily. I'm like a high rent it. Um, like I yeah, thought about a C plus. I'll take that. I Fuck it. Know that I would buy this film. So yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, I don't know if I could put buy it from me yet. Totally. I, this is the first time I've ever seen it either. So yeah, but I think it was a nice callback to the guy Ritchie that I know and love. You know, that totally. Style. I like these style of films for him. Like, I think they just work. I think he writes characters really well. I think there's some characters here that were a little left in the lurch, though, as far as development and some that were mm-hmm. a bit better. But their dialogue overall was all like really well delivered. Um, the actors that were in the movie did the best they could with what they had. Yeah. And I was really surprised by Hugh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job as Fletcher. There are moments of Fletcher that I do think were a little like, OK, I get it. But I still like his character and I like what he does for the story. And they use him as a, you know, he's a device basically to tell the story. And we're seeing it through his lens in a sense up until the end. But he's a con man. So he's like, you know, he's not a reliable narrator. Yeah. Rob, what do you got for us, dude? What's your breakdown of this? You know what? I know you guys were, uh, Heidelberg's trying to talk me down off my, off my ledge. Anybody down. You know what, buddy? I, I'm a buy it. I did buy the film. Oh, yeah. I mean. I was going to do like a rent it slash buy it, split the difference, but I really... I don't buy that version that you got, is what you said. Yeah. Uh, okay, the like, blue version that's out there fucking sucks. The, the I want more bonus features. I want to know how the film is made. I want to know how the sausage is made. Yeah. The Blu-ray, if, if I was, if I was uh, rating the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray is uh, don't ever buy this shit. Was it <laughs> straight to Netflix film? Nah. No, no. Blu-ray version, like, there's no... I When I buy my Blu-rays and, like, my Criterions and, like, you know, the, you know, I'm better than you versions of my films, I'm buying them because I want to get, like, all the extras behind it. I want to know how the film was made. I want to know how people thought about it. So, shit like that. This film, the, the Blu-ray of this film has none of that shit. It sucks. But the film itself is fucking awesome. And I, that's why I bought it. I well and thank God this film was only like seven dollars. So <laughs> so but I'm glad I own it because I really do like this film. It's a return to you know kind of that guy Ritchie flavor that people like. We want his gangster class, the right. pithy dialogue, the the cool characters, who's trying to mess with who, who who succeeds in the end of this and, and like there is comedy in there, but it's dark. Yeah, but it's a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I like the characters. I think the coach is fucking awesome. I I like yeah. Fletcher. I like Ray. But even like besides those characters, I think all outside of like our antagonist, I don't re- you know I like all the characters. That's what makes the Jew stand out is like the worst. Like he's just sort of blah. Yeah, yeah that's very that, bland. And that, that was to make a blah character still seem you know intimidating at one point in the film but when there's a reveal of like i don't know it just never worked for me where i was just like oh shit I'm very, 
the only reason why this is not an instant classic is just because the, they're like some of the stuff that we're talking about like it's like it's great and i love it and i want i'm gonna watch it again i'm gonna i'm gonna show it to people because i do like the film but it's just like it's not like oh man it's not like are you this is a classic that everyone in this film that's missing to me it's very well made yeah but there's a special sauce that's missing that would have put it under a snatch or a lock stock and two smoking barrels sort of because those to me spoiler alert if we ever had covered them they're they're instant class yeah because to me those are perfect yeah this like a slightly like i said a degree of below those but it's still a film that I think everyone should watch. And that's why, like I, like I said, buy the film. It, fuck, the Blu-ray's cheap. Buy it. <laughs> yeah. Or rent it, whatever. Just, I, I would recommend watching it is basically what we're, you know, saying. And if you like it enough, you definitely buy it. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I would definitely watch it for sure. Give it a go. Uh, if you like these English stories, you like stuff like Layer Cake, you like Guy Ritchie films, like Layer check, Cake. check yeah. this movie out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he did a great job, and it, this is a return to Guy Ritchie in this. I like film. these kind of films too. There, there, there's not much out there that does this. You know, this sort of. No, not really. When you get a good one, you're like, man, this is this is memorable. Like it. I like English films. I like foreign films. I like gangster stuff. Anything gangster related, but in another like anything other than like Italian gangster. I relish in it because I'm like, that's so overdone. It's like, it's great to see a film that deals with the Yakuza fucking triads, like anything, you know, the Irish mob, like any of that other than the Italian mob is great to me. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just don't want to see your people like, uh, you know, kind of shit on, right? I mean, there's so many films that already have done that. Like we've established that, that like the Italians, when it comes to the mob game and organized crime, like we got, we got it under lock, what we did at one point in time. So, but I just love seeing these other aspects of other cultures deal with similar themes. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Rob, next week's your pick, right? It is. Well, we are going to be traveling to another country. We're traveling to Italy, but I got some good news for everybody. One, the film's going to be in color. Oh, holy shit. Sound? And two, the film's going to be in English. Oh, holy shit. shit. Yeah, we're going to be doing Sergio... Sergio Leone's classic, uh, spaghetti western classic, A Fistful of Dollars. And wow. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah we're going to have a great time with that film. And this is going to, uh, it's kind of a continuation off of Yojimbo because the films are connected. And we'll, we'll talk about that next week when we when we do the film. But yeah, we, we're going to have another film and it's going to be in English, guys. I got to be honest, these we- like westerns and stuff like this and like the, the samurai films, these are some of the huge like gaps that I have as a film buff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so these are the little things that like I may re- be reluctant at first. Like, oh, shit, I got to watch this film. And, you know, it's in Japanese or whatever. And then I end up loving it like I did the Yojimbo. So I'm right. looking forward to Fistful of Dollars because I know that there's some really quality like Westerns out there and that I just never really got introduced to. This is one of those quality Westerns. And we're going to look out guys like Sergio Leone, the director, the uh, the music, the uh, choreographer. The Western idea, too, is such a, a cool uh, like theme to me. Yeah, the composer. We're going to learn about Ennio Mor- Morricone and we're going to learn about the star, Clint Eastwood. So we're going to we're going to have a lot of fun with this film. Nice. That sounds awesome. But, uh, discussion. Where John, 
you're you're the host. Where where can people reach you, buddy? Oh well, thank you for asking, Rob. I'm ready to tell you exactly where that is. That would be on twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught spelled O-N-S-L-O-T. Uh we play retro video games every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right now we're wrapping up Dragon Warrior 2. It will be done. Moving on to a shmup coming up. Uh, got some gun knack coming up. Very excited about that. Uh, we just hang around, talk shit, play old games, talk about video games, talk about movies. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, Big Berg, where can we find you, Big Pimpin? Huh? I on the side, I'd like to I like to discuss horror movies with my uh my crew at a cut above horror review. Uh, Jacqueline and John. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. You can catch us on Twitter at cut above horror. And you can find us on Facebook at A Cut Above colon Horror Review. Uh, we review a new horror movie each week. Well, a horror movie that we pick each week. And we uh, rate and review them. And so it's a good time if you're into horror films. So check us out. What about you, Rob? Well, you know, I also podcast. We talk shit about pretty much everything. But we also do movie reviews as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing some fun stuff over there on Circle of Jerks. You can find us on YouTube circle of jerks and uh if you want to hit us up on instagram we're circle of jerks podcast on twitter or x we are at podcast coj and if you want to talk to me personally i'm at robo rice i'm always talking about movies games sports whatever the hell you want to well uh what about the cinemigos oh yeah we have a we have an online presence we're on instagram at cinemigos one word underscore podcast at X slash Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it, at Trace Amigos, T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. Very nice. You know, it's times like these when I uh, I just like to refer to the words of the great Matthew McConaughey as Mickey Pearson. What was it? Something about being beneath me, silver on back. There's only one rule in this fucking jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. <laughs>